Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Testing one, two, three, and we are a go. Welcome to another episode of the Lonely Hearts Sports Podcast. On today's episode, Aaron Judge continues to chase history. Albert Pujols made history. We're into preseason hockey. Live golf maybe buying TV time on Fox Sports as well. But we begin today with a recap of week three of the NFL season. And we look ahead to week four. I'm just going to come out and say it. And this is not me being biased here because the Giants lost, but I'm going to be honest here and I'm going to sound like a sheep doing this. But last week was last week, week three was bad. I did not enjoy a single game because the team, because most of the matchups sucked because like, like most of the matchups sucked. Like I'm going to be honest here. Like I, I did not enjoy week three at all, honestly. It was a bad week of football all around. Well, like, Thursday night to begin with was a terrible game. Thursday night was a terrible game. The Sunday one o'clock slot, I didn't care for except for the Bills game. The second half of that game, the, the second half of that game turned to shit. But I know you can talk more about that since you were at that game, you lucky fuck. Um, the 425 slot, I didn't care for. I mean, the big, the marquee game was the Packers and the Bucks, and that turned into, and that was not good to good football to watch either. And the Sunday night game, I mean, when you have when one of the quarterbacks is stepping out of the back of the end zone for a safety, no, the game is terrible. Um, and then Monday night. I mean, Monday night was not great either. I mean, me being a biased Giants fan, like, I didn't enjoy it because they lost. But at the same time, like, I'm watching the game for the first, like, three and a half. Like, for the first three quarters, outside of two plays, I'm like, why am I watching this? Like, if I wasn't a Giants fan, I would be like, all right, is there anything else on? Yeah, no, I mean, I, being since I went down to Miami this past weekend for the Bills game, I basically missed all the football this week because by the time I got back into where I live in Melbourne, it was already like 8.30, 9 o'clock. I want to say more around 9 to 9.30-ish time, and I just got home and went right to bed. I was exhausted from that heat all day, so I didn't really get to watch much of the football last night again. I watched kickoff for the Giants Dallas game and and then I was in bed by like 9:20 again. So it was just I didn't get a lot of football this week, but I have like clearly followed up on everything that happened like listening to the radio and stuff my whole way home. So I got to like listen to this up. I didn't really get to watch any of the games, which I'm not mad at cuz like you said there wasn't a lot of great no. games on the slate this week. Like I was probably at the best game that was on that people were able to watch. Besides, I mean, the Green Bay and Tampa game on paper, if we're talking about last year, it would have been a great game. But this year, we know what Tampa is, and we're kind of still trying Tampa to find out what Green Bay is. Tampa had no chance after Mike Evans got suspended for that game there. Um, I mean, there were there were some close games. I mean, the Raiders and the Titans, that was a two-score difference. The Vikings came back and beat the Lions, but, like, that's a typical Lions-Vikings matchup there. Um your Jaguars, they kicked the shit out of the Chargers, moving up to two and one. 
Uh, and now they lead, and now they lead the South, like they lead the AFC South as well. Um, the Eagles moved on to three and zero, beating the shit out of the lowly Washington Commies. Uh, uh, that name, like that, the Commanders' name alone is stupid enough. If relegation was actually a thing in the in 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 uh, American football, I would have that team relegated. Whack. Um, but but yeah, no, it was like the 49ers Broncos game, like if, if flexibility was a thing, like if flexibility was a thing all season long, instead of like after the trade deadline or whatever, that flexibility, whenever flexibility can take place, I think it's after the trade deadline. It may be after week 10. Uh, the NFL is weird with that, but like if I was NBC, I would have been like, I do not want to have these two teams on our network. The 49ers with Jimmy Garoppolo are terrible. And the Denver Broncos, I don't care that they have two wins. They look they are the they are the worst two win team in the league. They are the worst two win team in the league. Like Nathaniel Hackett, I swear to God, like he look like he in he he has no idea what he's doing there. Uh Russ, like Russ Russ let Russ cook. Russ is cooked. Like he, like he didn't look good again with the offense. Um, the night, like I said, the, the Niners, like, I, I mean, you look at this, you look at this Broncos team, like on paper, and it's like, at some point, you think, yeah, I, I, I might be crazy here for saying this, but like, I look at this Broncos team, I'm like, at some point, the new coaches are going to get a clicking, and with this roster that they have, they're going to turn it around, like. They're, no, fighting, I don't think- they're fighting to be 2 and one right now. They don't look good by any means. But I still look at this team, I'm like, at some point, something's going to click with them, and they're going to be fine because we know Denver's defense was about the same as it was last year, minus losing Vaughn Miller when they did halfway through the season. And it's like, this defense to me is still good. It's just this offense needs to get going, in my opinion. The coaching staff needs to just figure out. I think once they do, like we talked about last week, they're a new head coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. I think they're going to figure it out. They, sh- I mean, like, you're not wrong there. I think they will eventually figure it out. I mean, I'm not, I, I'm by no means like coming on this podcast and say, and pulling like a television fucking bullshit on Monday morning and saying Nathaniel Hackett needs to get fired. I don't think that at all. I mean, if he was 0-3, maybe, if he was 0-3, maybe I'd be like, all right. Ooh, so we have a talking point later then for something yeah. I wanted to bring up. That would be a talking point. Yeah, like I'd be like, oh, right, maybe Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the man for the job. But then again, like staying in the AFC West, you look at you look at the AFC West, like the Broncos at 2-1, and one, like they're in a good play. They're like, it's only week three, but they're in a good position for the playoffs right now compared to the rest of the teams there. I mean, the Chargers are one. The Chargers are one and the Chargers are one and two. Like, okay, Justin what what got me about the Chargers is that like Justin Herbert playing in that game should not have he should he played the entire game, by the way. Yeah, he should have he should have been out of that game with at least what? Probably the five minutes left when he went back on the field again. When they were I, down. I would have taken him out I would have taken him out much sooner. Like the guy was hurt. The Jaguars were dominating, even though the the Jaguars were dominating the game from start to finish there. So like I honestly would have taken him out like without within with ten minutes left in the game, to be honest. I don't care what the score was at that point. You weren't coming back to win based on how based on how he was playing and then based on like how the Jaguars were just a better team that day. And then like 
So like that comes down to that that just comes down to the Chargers being stupid there. But and now then, they're very very hurt. Yeah, they just lost Joey Bo. They just lost Joey Bosa. He's on IR for, and they they're hopeful he can come back. Yeah, for the rest. and they just put um, what's his face as well? Their what was it? Their right tackle or left? No, their left tackle. Yeah, their left tackle. They're getting. Aren't they getting Keenan Allen back though? Um. Yes, I I believe he should be back. He should be but back. I I I think this team is still. This Los Angeles team as well will still be fine just based on the weapons they have. Like once Keenan Allen comes back and Herbert's like back at full health, which I think rib injury, it might not be this week, but probably the week after. Like I think he'll be back to full health and this offense can get clicking again, in my opinion. It's just right now they're kind of going through like a little injury bug type thing, kind of what a couple teams in the NFL are going through now. I mean, and yeah. early in the season, but I think they're fine. But like you said, Denver is setting themselves up fine. Like, Especially like the Chargers are playing from behind now, guys. So the Broncos can just keep finding a way to win football games, even though it's not the prettiest style of football right now. They could be fine, especially going up against this week. The Broncos get to see the 0 3 Raiders, who look good. And the, the problem to me with the Raiders is they haven't looked terrible in their games. Like they look terrible for a, one half and they look good in another half. Like they they were up, they were up twenty to the they were up twenty to the Cardinals, they almost came back to the Chargers and they almost came back to the Titans. So the thing is, there is like the Raiders are like the Broncos. They're trying to figure it out. The only difference is is that the Broncos have found a way to win two games, and the Raiders are the only team not to win or tie a game in the entire league. Like everybody, like looking at the state of the AFC West right now, we all talk like we all talked about it. Like in the off season, like how the AFC West was winning the off season, they're gonna beat up on each other left and right here, and everybody and every and and you're gonna have like three teams. You're gonna have three teams from that. You're gonna have three teams from that division. You know, trying getting into the play, getting into the playoffs, no matter what. There, but then like you look at it after week three, it's like, well, all right, we're fucking, we're we're all idiots based off of like what's happening right now because. Like the Raiders are trying to figure it out, like yeah, their own three. The Chargers, like they're they've got the they've got they've got a they've got a bit of an injury bug, but like it, it comes down to some questionable things that have had, that they've been doing as well. They're one and two. The Broncos, like they're not they don't look good, but they're two and one because they're just finding a way to actually win a game, win games. And then you got the Chiefs, like who steamrolls through the Cardinals week one. Because the Cardinals are not a good football team, in my honest opinion. Um, but that's a talking point for later on, for when we get into the NFC side. They barely beat the Chargers, if not for a 99-yard uh, interception return for a touchdown. And then they lose to the Colts, the winless Colts, where even Patrick Mahomes looked like he play, played like shit. Like, that game was, like, that game, like, Indianapolis, like, played a great defensive game, in, in my opinion, and, well, and they, I talked about this last week as well. That was a game where the Colts like were playing for their head coach. It almost felt like, and I know this was a big talking point on the radio as well this week. It's like Vegas must've known something that we did. And that's why the line was set at just the, the six for the chiefs. And it's like Indianapolis, like isn't a terrible team. It's just, they keep going back to these old quarterbacks, like with Matt Ryan right now. And, 
they have the, the best running back in the league who they are like really abusing right now by how yeah. many times he's running per game. But they're not horrible. It's just like that. I think the Indianapolis Colts with Matt Ryan don't seem like a big threat to anyone. Indianapolis needs a quarterback for the future. But the thing is, though, is they don't want to get – I feel like they don't want to get – they don't want to take a risk on a quarterback for the future based on the talent that they have, like, on the – like, around, like, a quarterback and also on the defensive side of the ball, too. Because, like, when you really think about it, with their roster, like, they – they're not Super Bowl contenders by any means there. But with how the South – the AFC South is – like within that window, like you think this is they're the team to beat, like on paper. But like going looking at the South, like they they're one and two. Like they're tied with the Titans right now, who are not a good football team, in my honest opinion. They're also running Derrick. They're gonna run their running game into the ground. But then like you look ahead to the Texans, who are like they're sadly irrelevant still. But then like you've got the Jaguars, who under Doug Peterson, like it's almost as it's almost as if like. We're, we're seeing a second coming there practically like the Jaguars, the Jaguars are the team to beat in this, in the AFC South. And somebody on this podcast is looking like a genius. Congrats to you right now, my good sir. Well, thank you. I mean, yeah, like you said, like the South, like, yes, the Colts aren't contenders for the Super Bowl, but they can still contend for the South. But Jacksonville right now look really good under Peterson. And it's like, he kind of figured out like what Urban Meyer cut is like, we have a superstar quarterback. Urban Meyer wasn't a good coach. Yeah, we have a superstar quarterback, so why not? Like, like they clearly don't have the best weapons, but this offseason, like we talked about last week, going getting Christian Kirk, going getting Zay Jones as their slot receiver. Marvin who, Jones, too. Marvin Jones as well, but it's like they go replace – um, what's his face? He's on the Bills practice squad now. Um, with Zay Jones replaced him. Um, I can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank. But you go replace him, they probably have, like, I, I would say the best running back tandem in the league right now with how James Robinson and Travis Etienne are running the ball. Yeah, and the thing is there is, like, it comes down it comes down to, like, like you said there, Peterson is getting the team, like, how they how they should be playing. And Peterson is getting them, having them, like, reach the potential that Meyer wasn't able to do. And the thing is there is, like, Peterson, like, he wasn't a ba- he wasn't a bad coach in Philadelphia. He won them their Super Bowl. He won it with Nick Foles for crying out loud, based on like what he was doing there. It was just that the relationship between Peterson and upper management led him to being fired and eventually going to Jacksonville with the hiatus in between wherever I forget where it was there. But the thing is, there is like. Jacksonville Jacksonville's got a good mix of youth and a good mix of like veterans on the on both sides of the ball there where Peterson knows like where Peterson knows like how to play to each each and everyone's potential from Trevor Lawrence to Travis Etienne to even like everybody around even anybody on the defensive side of the ball too like the wins by Jacksonville like they're not they're not like Jacksonville's two wins like they have not been um they haven't been close wins they blew the shit out of the Colts and they blew the shit out of the Chargers so like the Jaguars like actually could be the team like what if they continue on this path here 
they could get they could be the team to come out of the South as division champions. Right, especially like looking, I mean, granted they do kind of they have a couple of tough games on the schedule, but other than that, like they don't have to really run a gauntlet at all. It's like they really could come out of there with how this team is playing right now. It exactly. It wouldn't surprise me because I said this at the beginning of the season. I'm like, Trevor Lawrence, like, I don't think every single media outlet, every single scout, every single college coach could have been wrong about this kid. I mean, the kid, all he'd known from high school to through college was winning. Trevor Lawrence is not a loser. Exactly. Trevor Lawrence, like, he's won in high school. He won at Clemson. Okay? Like, yeah, he had a losing season at Jacksonville. But the thing is, though, is, like, Urban Meyer is an idiot and shouldn't have been coaching in the NFL. That 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 move was doomed to fail, destined to for failure from the start there. So, like, Trevor Lawrence, like, knows what ha- – Trevor Lawrence has the winning mentality that Jacksonville needs here. And that's crazy considering, like, he's only in his second year in the NFL. But, like, that's just, like it, – it, like, to quote how to to like quote everybody like you know that's just how he's built as like everybody would say that and then like just getting it's not about getting the best people around him it's about getting the right people around him like it, Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk like these guys aren't number one wide receivers on many other teams in the league but the thing is though is like you talk about like just getting the right people there. And I, and and then like, when you look at it, like of who's around Trevor Lawrence, another talking point I can have about that. Like another talking point I can go into later on is that it looks like that. What Jacksonville's doing is that like, you're getting like B like B and C like rated players. And as long as you've got like, good depth and like the right amount like the right like chemistry then you can get like anything going here and that's what Jacksonville's showing and that's why I think like they could pretend that's why I'm thinking like all right maybe like we can see something going on here yeah and they're deep they're with the defense like especially that I would say that Josh Allen led defense it's like they they don't really give up points that many points either. I grant I know week one, week one will always be week one, and it is what it is. They give up twenty eight to the Commanders and lose there, but since that game they've only given they up ten came, points. They, 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 they shut out the Colts and they only give up ten to the Chargers. I know Herbert's hurt, so this week against the Eagles for them will be a test with how we see these Eagles playing right now. We can kind of use this as our our stack up game to where like if they keep it competitive with Philadelphia. They will be fine. They will have if they keep it competitive with Philadelphia. They have a real chance to genuinely win this division, especially with how like you look at the other teams in this division right now. Like Tennessee looks like dog shit. They finally got their first win, their first one of the year against against the Raiders. The Texans aren't really a threat to anyone. They're still winless, but with a tie. Yeah, the Texans are the Texans, and the Colts like. At this point, they're just going to play for Frank Reich and see how far that can go for them. Yes, I mean, that AFC, that's why also what helps the AFC West as well. Like we said, they're a juggernaut, whereas we could genuinely, if the Chargers turn it on, the Broncos still find a way to win games. We'll still be seeing three teams come out of that division like we talked about in the beginning of the season because you kind of hop up to the AFC North as well. It's like 
are the Browns like for real right now, or are they just? I get their they're playing their offense actually looks really good, and I think their only team they're not outscoring on their drives is the Bills right now, where when they get the ball on offense, their consistency is key for them. I just don't know like how far Brissett can take them before they get Watson back, and I think the Ravens are the real deal and will win the AFC North. The Ravens, it's the Ravens' division to lose. I'm not even worried about the Steelers because they don't have an offensive line because they don't have an offensive line. And without TJ Watt on defense, their defense is nothing. So like I don't even want to go into like, okay, like how Mitch Trubisky, how's Mitch Trubisky looking? Or if you throw Kenny Pickett into the fire, because they don't have an offensive line. You can you can put you can put anybody behind that offensive line. They're going to get eaten alive. Especially when they're they don't have receivers for them that can get open but like it doesn't really help when your offensive line just getting torn apart and your quarterback doesn't have time to throw well yeah i mean deontay johnson's good i don't think chase claypool is all that great they're not terrible though that's the thing like claypool just need like claypool and johnson and pickens like they just need to like get open more like i guess it just comes to like getting everything it comes down to chemistry again with the offense there with the core with the offense there but then like if they're running if they're running the routes that they need to run here and Trubisky doesn't get a chance to get to get the ball off because like he's got four players on the opposition like around him like that just comes down to the offensive line like I really I I I think that Pittsburgh like I think they're in trouble I think they're in trouble this season and that's like and that's even if you put Kenny Pickett like out there like after week week five. They didn't look good. They they didn't look good against the they didn't look good against the Browns. They didn't look good against the Patriots the week before. And the only reason why they beat the Bengals is because Evan McPherson all of a sudden forgot how to kick a field goal. Yeah. My thing is though, like if all right, so even it clearly we um Trubisky's gonna be the starter this week, but if you throw in if you throw Pickett in next week, he plays the Bills defense. Okay, even if you want to throw him the week after that, then you have to see the Buccaneers defense. Yes. Yeah, so if the, not that, then the Dolphins or the Eagles or even the Saints, who I still think have a good defense. It's like, where do you yeah. where where do you have to find a time to put this kid in? Like, if and you don't want to ruin it, would ruin. You're not putting him in until you revamp that offensive line. Yeah, you're going to ruin the kid's confidence if you throw him in too early, but you also make your fan base very mad if you don't get him in there. So it's like, a give or take here because yes, we everyone like at this point wants to see Pickett. Mitch Trubisky is. I wouldn't even say it's a give or take. I would say that they're fucked no matter what because like, like I, I it's a give or take because like you, you can't like ruin the kid's confidence and you can't piss off the fan base at the same time. You have to do one or the other at this point. But like, I'm not throwing him into the fire with that shit offensive line. He's gonna be like Joe Burrow behind. He's gonna be like Joe Burrow, his rookie when uh, his in his rookie year behind that shit Cincinnati offensive line when he tore his ACL. Yeah, like that's like where we're at here, sadly. Yeah, like they're kind of stuck between a rock and hard place right now with that decision. Because if you throw him in any time within the next four weeks, he's gonna get eaten alive by the defenses he has to see. But it's like, I I don't know. It's like because you you can't you, you're not getting anything done on offense. But like well, it's the offensive line. 
Might as well just punt on the season and tank at this point. Or just throw, put Mason Rudolph in as your one and just let <laughs> it roll the season how it goes. But no, I don't. Their their season is completely done to me. Um, the other team that only other team below them in the stands in their that division is the Bengals, and I'm still not sold that the Bengals are bad. No, I'm still not sold on that. I don't think the yeah, honestly, I don't think that the Bengals are bad either. But the thing is, here is like they like they lost to Pittsburgh because Pittsburgh had TJ Watt on defense and their defense actually knows how to play. Yeah, he's a game he's just a game breaker for he, any team. He's a game changer for them. Also, Evan McPherson forgot how to kick a field goal all of a sudden just in that one instance there. Then they lose to the Cowboys. Where the Cowboys actually once again like the Cowboys and I'll get into this later too because about how they beat the Giants, but the Cowboys have a great defense. The defense is going to help carry the Cowboys to like where they're to get out of the NFC East into the playoffs. And I'll and I'll go in more on that later there. But like when you have players like Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons who are game changers, it's just that. Like also, Cincinnati's offensive line also does not look great still, even with the additions that they've made. So that just probably just comes down to coaching and also chemistry as well there. But then they play the Jets and they beat the Jets because the Jets are the Jets. So, like, I'm not sold that Cincinnati are bad. I'm also not sold that that Cincinnati is, like, actually, like, just trying to bounce back either. They play Miami tomorrow night. We'll see how that game goes. I think... I mean, they're home. Miami's coming off a two-point win against Buffalo. Cincinnati's coming off their win against the Jets. I think the game could go either way. All depend. I think the game could go either way. To be honest, like, I, I, I mean, Cincinnati could probably walk. If Cincinnati walks away with the win, they'll be two and two. And then, like, based on how the league has been going. Based on how the league has been going, I should say, like, that's not bad after four games. Like, it's just a matter of, like, all right, now you just got to stack some wins together here. Yeah, that's all it is. And I, this this offense with Joe Burrow, like, I'm never going to count them out of games. Like, they will get it clicking. Um, Their offensive line has just been horrendous. And Jamar Chase hasn't got – he wasn't like last year where we were seeing him – go for like 200 yards a game receiving we're seeing nothing like that no exactly that's exactly it there so the thing is there is like you just got he just has to get that he just has to get that figured out as well too i mean that's just that that's just like adapting to like you that's just making adjustments in the receive in your receiving game overall there so i mean once he gets that figured out then like he'll probably go back to normal and then going on to the Ravens there, like I said, it's their division to lose. Like, it's their, it's their division to lose. They're go, they're at home against Buffalo to, uh, on Sunday. Um, Buffalo, like, they're coming, off, they're coming off of a win against, oh, fuck. The Patriots. They, the Patriots, yeah, that's right, the Patriots. 30, they, like, they're coming off a win against the Patriots. Lamar had an, Lamar had a typical Lamar Jackson game, had five touchdowns in total. But the thing is, though, is, like, the Ravens are playing in a terrible division just based on, like, how the teams are, like, how the Steelers are crap. The Browns are in the, the Browns, like, nobody knows, like, if they're contenders or pretenders. And the Bengals, like, 
are having a partial hangover. So it's too early to tell like if they're if they're still if they're bad or if they're hungover or whatever. But as of right now, like as of right now, even if the Ravens do lose against the Bills next week, like they're still perfectly fine. The only issue with the Ravens is the only issue with the Ravens is like their defense and closing out games, in my opinion. Like okay. I, I agree. They're... They beat, they beat the Jets week one. If it wasn't for the fact that they collapsed against Miami in the fourth quarter, they would be three and zero. And I just realized that they are playing against the entire AFC East to start the season. Yep, them and the what was it? The Jets, right? The Jets are playing the entire AFC North. To yes, start. yes, but no. The Ravens' only real question mark is that defense. That defense has not looked good at any point this season. No, they gave they up. They gave up twenty six to the Patriots and let Mac Jones rush for I think it was like seventy some yards. <laughs> yeah, and now he's got a, and now he's got and now he's got an ankle injury that's probably going to keep him out for a few weeks. But I'll get into that later. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mac Jones had five rushes for thirty one yards, but I mean that for Mac Jones is that's better than anything Tom Brady did for them rushing wise in the past yeah, 10 years. especially since Mac Jones isn't a rushing quarterback like I I am I am completely sold on the Ravens offense and I think they're very good I have been very very impressed by Rashad Bateman this year so far um Lamar Jackson is playing at MVP caliber once again um yep. he is actually throwing the ball very accurately this year which is I guess in years past he has, it was just last year really did it for me where I get there was injuries and stuff that happened as well. But last year, cause like, I was kind of like, Oh, he was, like what is Lamar Jackson actually? But this year he's proven to why he was an MVP quarterback. He, he must've listened to us call him out all those times. He's like those fuckers at the lonely heart sports podcast. I don't <laughs> know, but I'll prove them wrong. Yes, but no. So they are definitely a top that division for a reason. Lamar is playing MVP caliber quarterback, and he has to see another MVP caliber quarterback this week. Yes, exactly. And speaking of that, let's move on to the AFC East here, where the Miami Dolphins are three and zero, leading the top of the division after a game. After, well, you were there. I say, I say it was. I I say it was a pretty decent game. Like, but that turned to shit, in my opinion. Um. Uh, you and I talked about that game literally the same day. You had called me. We had talked about the game. We said that we were on the same page. It was like, yeah, okay, the Heat did its thing. The injuries took their toll and everything. But it came down to play calling and it came down to execution on the Bills' side. And that's why they ended up losing. But at the same time, like, you weren't mad because, like, all right, you're two and one. The rest of the AFC is just fucking is just a fucking shit show as it, as we just talked about too. So like you're not in a bad spot where you're at. No, not at all. And I mean, so this game to me, like I I was sitting in the stands for I know I talked to Jim about the trailer, but for the people like that weren't there and just listening, like I was sitting under the shade, and it was still the hottest football game I've ever been at. The Bills in the whole time were standing in the sun just baking. So I can't imagine what that did to them, where at least Miami's team got to stand in the shade. But that honestly didn't make much of a difference, in my opinion. I was dying in the shade anyways. Um, I What this game came down to was Miami made the big plays when needed, basically just talking about that third and 22 on that throw to Waddle that our secondary just kind of missed the coverage there and Waddle got open and that kind of ruined the game for us. There was, there was 
a call that couldn't have been made, but it doesn't matter. The Bills didn't finish when needed. I mean, the Bills ran 90 plays on offense, had 497 total yards of offense. Josh Allen threw for 400. We outpossessed Miami by, it was what, six, like 70, 30 the whole game, maybe even 80, 20% of the game we had the ball and they didn't. What you it had comes down ball, to is execution. You had the ball for 40 minutes of the game. Yeah. Miami's 20. And then Miami ended up like, like, yeah, you had the ball, you had the ball two thirds of the game there. Yeah. It's so it's like, I'm not mad about it because I mean, the offense, their job, but you, they also, I, I, I'm going to like contradict myself here. Like, yes, the offense, like if you would have told me at the beginning of the game, like, you didn't tell me what the score of the game was. If you had told me Josh Allen was going to throw for 400 yards, we'd had the ball for 40 minutes, and Miami had the ball for 20 minutes, and Tua only threw for 186 and one TD, would you say you would take that game? And, like, with the outcome, I'd say yes, because I would assume the Bills won. Yeah. They, didn't. they end up losing by two, and they still, at the end of the game, had a chance to win. They had two chances to win. They yeah, had, they, they, they just had, couldn't execute their plays. I think that last throw of the game comes down to where Josh misses Mackenzie's exhaustion because you never see Josh miss that throw. Well, he had his hand looked at too, just to point that out there, but I guess there was no actual issue. No, and yeah, he said that they were talking about it in a press conference with him. He said he, it's um, in a pile up. He just got a jam between people. Yeah. Why? My question is this. Why are you in shotgun formation with goal to go? Um. Okay. Uh, we were playing our – I got the explanation to this as well. We were playing our third-string center, and him and Josh have never taken snaps under center together, so they were worried. Even Josh said this. They were worried about how that snap would execute, so they went into shotgun for that reason. They didn't want to fumble a handoff on the one or whatever. I get, like, people are talking about, oh, um, like, he's still the third-string center. Um, why can't he be able to have the ball? At the end of the day, he's not an actual center. He is our right tackle that is playing center because our backup center and our starting center were hurt. Well, what gets me about that, though, is it's not just with the Bills. It's around the league. You have goal to go. Why the fuck are you in shotgun? Why the fuck are you in shotgun? Uh, I also heard this on the radio. You have better chance of scoring lining up in shotgun. Like, you put the percentages together, you have a better chance of lining – if you line up in shotgun, you have a better chance of scoring on the one than you do on – when you do just on the ball. Yes. Tell the Seattle Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals that I'm pretty sure James Harrison and I'm pretty sure James Harrison and Malcolm Butler will say otherwise. Because I, they- I, I, I mean, I, I agree with you, but it also is. I, like I said, if I get it, like if Josh is uncomfortable with that, like I, I'm pretty sure what they said, it was his call to do that. It's not even like the fact that like passing the ball, like, okay, Josh B. Allen being under, under shotgun with the center thing. That's okay. That's a whatever there to me. I'm not worried about that. But like what gets me there is like, okay, even with these under shotgun, like he's out, he's six, four, 200 plus pounds. Why don't you do a design run with him? Uh, Because look at what happened at the snap at the end of the second quarter. When they lined up under shotgun, there was a missed snap again where Josh had lost the ball and couldn't spike it because he thought he would take a penalty. So he tried to throw it out of bounds and Dix caught it. That was a bad snap, though. 
Yes, exactly. But, that's what I'm saying. That's what that's the same thing that happened though. Okay, okay. That's a bad snap though. But what I'm saying, that's not goal to go. I'm talking goal to go here. But he was still lined up, like because you have was, you have your quarterback. He was is, still lined up to spike the ball, so he was right under center. Forget the center because this has happened like in games before too. You have your goal to go and you want to pass. And I'm just not talking about the Bills anymore. I'm talking about in the league here too. And yes, the Bills do have this, do are part of that too. Like, why? Like, it just boggles my mind how many times, like, when I watch a game, goal to go, whether it's watching the Bills, whether it's watching the Giants, whether it's watching the fucking Cowboys, goal to go, you are either in shotgun and you want to pass or you just end up wanting to pass. And it's like, run the fucking ball. See what happens. Like, it kills me. It literally kills me seeing that. It's just like, it's just like, does nobody know like what? Does nobody pay it? Like, okay, yeah, the percentages and the nerd shit is there. Okay, yeah, I've got a better percent to convert this. I've got a better percent. I've got a better percent to not take a shit if I don't drink two cups of coffee in the morning, okay? Um, uh... But that, but that's just my opinion there. Like I know that, like I, I know what you're saying there. It, it just frustrates me. Like it, it just frustrates me. It's like, and then going back, and then going back to the Bills in general. Why is your quarterback throwing the ball 63 times in a game? I've never understood why a quarterback has to throw a ball more than fit more than 45. Because I, we were starting our sixth, seventh, and eighth ranked offensive lineman on the team and we couldn't get a run game going. I mean, you look at a game again where Josh is our leading rusher. I, okay. I, I, I understand like our rush game has been good all season, but you have to look at that where we are playing, like I said, our, our fit or our sixth, seventh and eighth string offensive lineman has started because of injuries. And so you can't, it's hard to get a rush game going when those guys are not in sync, how they should be. Can I ask you a question? Yes. Why? Is your opinion different now from when we talked after the game on Sunday? Because we were talking about on Sunday when we when you had called me about how the how all how the, the rush the running game just has not been complementing the not been complementary to the pass game, and then we talked about like maybe like okay like does Dorsey just not trust his running backs altogether? Does he prefer just to have the offense run through Allen like in both the pass game and the rushing game? Like, like, like that's like what we had talked about. Like, no, I was- like I, I still do agree with that, but I come to find out at, cause like I said, I was at the game. So I wasn't checking my phone. I didn't realize that half of our starting offensive line was out. Yeah. Half of the starting offensive line was out. And then the, and then other parts and then other, and then other players got injured or had heat exhaust. Yeah. What I also don't get though, is we draft a running back in the second round, James Cook. Why are we not showing him more in the game? I, and again, I, I think it comes back to like what we talked about on Sunday, like just not having faith and trust in the running game. And I don't know if that comes down to McDermott or if that comes down to Dorsey. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, like, like the last two weeks, I, we didn't complain once about the Bills not having a rush because they blew teams out. And now all of a sudden they lose a close game. So we do like, I'm fine. Like, having the ball in Josh Allen to try to win the game. But like, like I said, I, I'm on like both sides of the spectrum because I'm like, yes, it's hard to run the ball and you don't have your starting offensive line. But it also, you need something to compliment Josh so he does need to put it all on him. So it's hard. It's hard to say. 
It really is hard to say. But the thing is, though, is like when we talk about it on Sunday, you said this yourself. Yeah, they lost, but it's you're not mad that they lost. No, I, I mean, because if we take a look at the other side of the ball, the defense played. The defense played like shit for the Dolphins, and are basically a whole second and third, three, second and third string set of defensive players held what, what everyone thought to be was a very explosive Miami offense from what we saw last week. Two hundred eighty-six yards passing. Yeah, Tyreek Hill only had like thirty-five yards receiving, and Jalen Waddle. Yeah, he had a hundred and he had a he had over a hundred, but. One of only those, because it was those 45, that 45 yard play that killed us. It, yeah, exactly. So the thing is, there was like it was an even game and everything, but this at the same time, like I just think it comes down to coaching and that uh, coaching and execution. Like Miami did what Miami did, what Miami did, what they could. Miami did the most with the Miami did the most that they could with the ball when they had it, and the Bills just couldn't. And again, like, and again, like, I say it comes down to coaching and just like, can I, 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 yeah, I get that as well. But you also look, you go through the game now. Um, Josh Allen doesn't fumble on like our four yard line. We probably win that game. If Gabe Davis comes down with that ball in the end zone, which I literally, when I was in the stadium, turned around, and celebrated because I saw him catch it. The two feet came down. I turned around, and celebrated, and didn't realize he had it knocked out. And then, and yeah. then we have Matt Milano dropping an easy pick six opportunity. Yeah. One of those plays goes our way. That's execution there. The Bills win the game. And yeah, that comes back to execution. That's- and the Bills, it kind of, I don't want to say it reminded me like the end of the game, did, like reminded me of the Kansas City game, like the 13 seconds, but like us giving up that big play to Waddle kind of like reminded me of that. Like well, it, brought, it brought me back to like watching that, like, the Kansas City running down the running down the field with 13 seconds left and still getting in field goal position where this time they ended up getting a touchdown out of that Waddle play. But it's like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Well, I mean, the thing is there with the game overall, like I said, it was a loss. But the thing is, though, is like you're two and one. Like I, I, if I if I was a Bills fan, I wouldn't be complaining. I'd be like, all right, we're two and one. We just bounce back and move on. Like I told you on Sunday when we talked. I, it's more along the lines of, of like, okay, how do they respond against Baltimore now? Because you have Lamar Jackson, who's like on an MVP tear right now, practically. But the thing is, though, is like Buffalo has great success success against Jack Lamar Jackson. They're able to shut him down. They were able to shut him down in the regular season. What back in twenty nine? Back in twenty nineteen? Twenty nineteen. Even though they beat us, we held them to. I, I want to say. I, I want to say through both games that we have seen Jackson like uh, in playoffs two years ago and then they lost three years ago to them when they came to Buffalo, we've held them to 75 yards rushing combined in both those games. We know yeah. how to put, we know how to put up game plan on to beat him. And like we talked about on the phone as well, like the last time we played him, he beat the last time he beat us in a game, he beat us with his arm. Exactly. So, and well, and the thing is here now is like, he's got his, he's got his offense back. And so like, like, like I look at, like, I look at this defense and like, even though we don't have many of our starters, I think Poyer might be back this week. And I believe we are getting at Oliver back this week as well. Um, This defense does know how to game plan well, because you look at Tyreek Hill completely irrelevant for Miami this past week. Um, Last in, two, in week two, we shut down 
we shut down Derrick Henry. This game, team doesn't know a game plan for the best players. It's just, it comes down now. You look at it more like this game was not on our defense at all. They did what they were asked to do. It comes down to execution on the offense, and that is what we're going to need to beat the Ravens because I don't think, like we talked about, the Ravens' defense isn't that good. No, the Ravens' defense is not that good. And what happened and what's going to happen, in my opinion, this week against the Ravens is should have happened last week against the Dolphins. This is going to be a shootout, in my honest opinion. I think this game will be a shootout. It's going to come down to who has the ball last or who turns the ball over first. I agree. That's what so, I thought it was going to be. That's how I thought Miami would have beat us last week was coming down to a shootout. But instead, we really dominate every aspect of the game. We just don't make the big plays like Miami does. That's it, all it comes down to. That's all it comes down to. So my thought Also, do you want to talk about Tua's injury or are we just going to, you just want to skip over that? Because I think – no, I'm not saying this because I'm a mad Bills fan that he came back in the game. I, I, I'm saying that for, like, the safety of the players and what we know about CTE and now and stuff. Who had no fucking clue where he was? How did? How do you see that on the field and then have Tua get back in the – I get he probably went in the locker room and lied um, and said, oh, it was my back. But you don't – I don't know. I don't I don't want to get into it, actually. The uh, the Players Association is, get, is investigating it. I mean, the thing is, though, is, like – I told you this like when we I, I told you this like one like on Sunday like I and Tua had no fucking clue where he was at. You could hold up you could hold you could ask you could ask him what two plus two was. He probably would have told you it was seven. You would have hold you could have held five things. You could have held your hand like up in his face and like literally touching his nose, and he probably would have told you that he would see ten fingers. Okay. So like I think like the Dolphins definitely lied there, but I don't want to get into it all that much because the thing is though is like it's player safety for sure. So like I mean like I hope the Dolphins are found like negligent in this situation. I really do because that that was just stupid for sending him out there. But the thing is though is they also knew that if they sent out Bridgewater that they were not going to win that game. Oh no! As soon as Bridgewater came in the game, I had Miami fans look at me and they're like, "This game's over now." But then when he came, but then when Tua came back out, they were like, "Oh shit, maybe we have a chance." Yes. Also, did you see the video of that Miami fan like telling everyone like he called the one older? Um, oh yeah. Like, did you did you see that kid? I saw that guy. I like, actually talked to him before the game, and I should have like he came up to me talking so much shit, and I was just like, "Dude, whatever." Like I'm not. He told me that the Bills were trash. Our offense was a joke, and they they were going to beat us like forty two to ten. Yeah, so like, I was like, your opinion like is clearly relevant if you're thinking I that. that. So I, I just, I just brushed him off. He must have been talking about the Jaguars, I guess. Yeah, he came up to me like I saw the kid before the game. Like he even pulled on the back of my shirt. He's like, "This is trash," like whatever. I'm like, "Dude," like I was like, "All right," like I was getting shit from. Uh, I was because I was tailgating with a bunch of um, Miami fans, and I was getting so much shit from every like Dolphins fan, like not in my tailgate group that I walked past, and I'm like, "This is nothing like Buffalo." Like people in Buffalo, like. They give you shit, but they don't like harass you. I was like, I was like, Jesus Christ! I was like, I'm, I might have to fight at some point today. Now nah, they harass Patriots fans. Yeah, Let's... that's not not to the extent like that though. No, my I don't I don't you you Florida people now like you're a different breed. It <laughs> was definitely like something I never experienced. But I will say though, the stadium probably was fifty fifty. Well, the thing, see, here's the thing. I I want to get into that real quick. And then I want to go back to the game about the game aspects, but not the Dolphins game. 
I feel like the stadium is 50-50, like, not just because, okay, like, okay, like, Bills Mafia and Full Force traveling and whatnot. I don't think that's the case. I think there's a lot of, like, New Yorkers that live down there, like you now, that are Bills fans, and because, like, tickets for the Miami, tickets for the Dolphins game, like, are so cheap that, like, they just snatch them up and go. Like, I'm pretty sure there's probably, like, a good amount that go down to Miami, but, like, I'm pretty – I think it's more along the lines of Bills fans that live in that area that can go to the game. Yeah. That, they don't – Florida is – like, it's still nice down, like, outside of the hurricane right now. It's still, like, a pretty decent time, like, right now in Florida. Like, I think more along the lines – and this is just me. I don't think Florida gives a shit about any of its sports teams until they actually win something. Oh, I agree. And th- they were celebrating like Miami fans were celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl, which I understand because let's be honest, no one expected Miami to be three and zero coming into this week. No, nobody did. Well, like, maybe the Ravens win. Like, like I said, we talked about last week, kind of fluky, but it, it a win's a win. This week, another like fluky win, but a win's a win. And now I, it'll be a real test. Uh, to what's today? Wednesday? Yeah, tomorrow night against the Bengals. Like, I'm, I'm actually excited for that game. That game, that matchup, that game should be good. There, uh, considering, considering I, 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 the only the only way I could see uh, the Bengals being in a lot of trouble is if Miami rushed, sent the blitz like they did to Josh Allen this past week. Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, that's about it. There. I mean, since- Josh, what he was pressured eighteen times last week. Yeah, he was, but and the difference is that Cincinnati's offensive line, even with, even in like their star, their actual starting offensive line, they're just shit. Yeah. So, like Miami may, if Miami can actually get some, if Miami like can control the tempo on defense and get out of Burrow, then like the game is over for the Bengals and maybe their season is too. Um, uh, yeah. because they couldn't, they they couldn't even beat the Steelers, so there's. <laughs> Their season may be over if they lose tomorrow night. Yeah. The thing but about I- Tua is as well is I don't know, like, I don't think he's a quarterback that can win you a Super Bowl, but I do think he's a quarterback that can win you games. He is a very efficient passer. I, I give Tua that. He is a very efficient passer, and he seems to a lot of times make the right passes. I just don't know if he's a quarterback that can generally – take you to a Super Bowl come playoff time when you have to see like a prime Pat Mahomes, a prime Josh Allen, a prime Lamar Jackson. I don't know if two is a quarterback that can beat them. Well, that's why they but got They, they oh. also surrounded Tua with the talent that they needed. And you have a coach that comes in and basically makes Tua like his son and takes care of him like his son. Not saying that's a bad thing, but compared to the last coach, he is protecting Tua a lot. And I think that's helping Tua's confidence. Exactly, exactly. Because the thing is, there is um, uh, what was I gonna say? Like Tua comes from Alabama. Like Saban, as much as Saban looks like an asshole, he gives a shit about the players. Like he protects his players. He treats them like they're they're his own. So like Tua came from an environment like that. Brian Flores like kind of had like the Bill Belichick mentality of like man, man. Um, uh, so like, 
he's not like really protecting Tua. And then of course it comes out that the Dolphins were interested interested in Tom Brady. So like, what's that going to do to your quarterback's confidence? That's gonna fuck. That's gonna that's gonna shatter his confidence like hell. So like with that happening, like they bring in Mike McDa- Mike McDaniel. Like McDaniel is, uh, you know, taking care of Tua like he's his own. And then of course, like they trade for Tyreek Hill like to help boost his confidence, because let's be honest, like look at what Pat Mahomes was able to do with Tyree kill. It would be a six yard check down. It would be a six yard uh, check down uh, pass in the slot to Hill. And he would take it like 50 yards to the house after that, because that's just how Tyree kill operates there. But then like, so like they think that they can do the same thing with Tua. And it's just a matter of like, what it's just a matter of time progressing at this point and seeing like what happens there but away from the Dolphins because like I said I think if they beat the Bengals like four and all then they're then they're gonna be okay the Bengals are shot after that in my opinion the Bills and Ravens if the Bills lose and fall to two and two how do you feel So this might be a very hot take as well. I, if the Bills lose to the Ravens, I don't see how you still don't make them like your favorite coming out of the AFC East. Maybe if, even if not the AFC still. If it Bills- is so hard to look at this team, especially with the injuries they have right now. It's like, how do you look at this team and still don't? like Once they get everyone healthy, minus clearly we're going to be missing Micah Hyde the rest of the season. I don't see how you don't still make this team. Like for me, there's no time to hit the panic button. If you go two and two, fine. Still early in the season. Well, our see our schedule after the bye week lightens up completely. You should after bye week, you could honestly sweep sweep out. You could win every game to close the season. I think, except for week twelve. Be funny. <laughs> Except for week twelve, my lion, my god, god. We, could, we could honestly like after the bye week win eleven games in a row, and I don't see how you can tell me otherwise. Like, do you agree with that, or or is this like too much of a hot take? Run the schedule by me after ball. Okay, well, I'm, I'm saying like even at the, like if we lose to Baltimore, do you still would you still consider the Bills like the AFC East favorite? The AFC East favorite, yes, the favorite to come out of the AFC. I'm not go- like I'm not gonna ch- I'm not gonna chime in on that one there because this is what I'm gonna say about the entire AFC as a whole. I mentioned it earlier. It's a shit show right now. It's not how we thought it would be. Okay, you would you've thought like going back to the AFC West, you've thought like everybody would beat up on each other. That's not the case. You looking at the AFC South, you thought Indianapolis would be running away with the division. That's not the case. You look at the AFC North, you think that Cincinnati and Baltimore would be going head to head here. Cincinnati is one and two because and could either be two and two or one and three after tomorrow. And then like the Ravens are running away with the division because the Browns are the like nobody knows what the true identity of the Browns are and the Steelers are crap. So like Okay, yeah, the Bills like are the favorites in the AFC East because okay, they play Miami one more time. They still have to play the Patriots and Jets twice, so that's like that's two easy wins against the Jets. And then the Patriots, they're going to be without Mac Jones for some time. Um, 
And even with Mac Jones, like they still suck. I'm not, I'm not convinced that them at all. I, I'm not convinced or bought on the Patriots at all. And well, especially yeah. with Mac Jones being out now. Exactly. You get to now see Brian Hoyer as the Patriots quarterback. Uh, they should bring Cam Newton back at that point. But that's a, that's another. I saw someone tweet today that they should trade for Gardner Minshew. Jesus fucking Christ! Are they trying to lose? They might as well tank at this point. At that, at this point, I guess. Um, uh, but no, the thing is, there is like, I'm agreeing with you about not hitting the panic button. Hitting the panic button is when you fall. Uh, hitting the panic button would be if you lose to the Steelers. But that's that's game. That's that. That's two games out. That's two games out. I I, I like to take things one week at a time because this league literally changes on a week to week basis. And the thing is, though, is like the a. The entire league outside of two teams is all jumbled up right now. And we haven't even gotten into the NFC yet. Um, Hang on. I got to take a pause a second. I just saw a light flash in one of the other rooms. I just want to make sure everything's okay. I'm sorry. No, it's all good. <laughs> it's all good there. All right. Looks like uh, long story short here, everybody that's listening to the podcast. Jake lives. If you haven't known yet, Jake lives down in Florida. Florida is being impacted by Hurricane Ian as we speak. Uh, look, where Jake is located down in Melbourne, looks like the heart of the hurricane is supposed to impact his area. All right, we're, we're sorry about that. We're all good. I just don't know how to. Never been in a hurricane before, people. I'm sorry about that. Just want to make Jake's sure everything was good. Jake's <laughs> gonna lose power halfway through, not even halfway through. Lungs, but um, uh, back normal business resuming here. Um. No, I, I, I'm not going to look two games ahead. I just want to look ahead to Baltimore. If they lose to Baltimore, they're 2-2. Two and two. Um, I, I know I'm just going to see some terrible takes on Facebook with some people that I know uh, that I went to high school with. So that's a whatever there. Um, I know my fancy group chat may or may not be silent if they lose. They may just pull out some takes out of their ass. I also can't take another week listening to Bill's radio if the Bill's lose again. Oh, that, you mean the idiots that call into WGR and, like, want to blame the weather? <laughs> Someone called in today and said that we needed a superstar running back to stop throwing the ball more. Like, talking about, like, a Saquon Barkley type. I'm just like, why? I'm like, why? Like, we have Josh Allen. What other quarterback that's a superstar quarterback? I guess he wants Patrick Mahomes. I, no, he wants a superstar running back. Like he just wants the ball out of Josh's hand and put it into a running back's hand. Oh, okay. uh, shit! Uh, did Pice get call? Fuck. <laughs> I mean, it's terrible. But Pice no, could... like I said, even if two on two, like I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm completely fine with this team still. I I don't see how you hit the panic button, especially with like how we said the AFC is like spotting up now with like where we yeah. thought. Like if if we were talking about the AFC, like how we thought it was going to be in the beginning of the season. With how like we thought the AFC West was gonna make some noise and like the Dolphins could be contenders and like possibly three teams coming in the AFC North, then maybe. But, but no. I'm not worried now. No, don't worry now. I mean, we don't need I'm not even gonna go into the Jets because they're the Jets in the division. And then the Patriots, they're gonna be without Mac Jones for some time. They're gonna be playing Brian Hoyer as court at quarterback. Um, but no, don't panic in the AFC. Like the only team that probably the fans that the only fans that need to be panicking, <coughs> in my opinion, fan bases that need to be panicking are Titans fans, your frauds, Raiders fans. You haven't figured it out yet. 
Bengals fans, maybe if you lose tomorrow night, then panic. Uh, Steelers fans, I wouldn't even panic. I would just say tank at this point. Um, but do then, you think, speaking of the Raiders, do you think McDaniels could be fired before the end of the season? No, they're not going to fire McDaniels before the end of the season. I know they had a closed-door meeting after the game for like three hours, but the thing is there is like they're they're just trying to figure it out. Like, I don't think he's trying to input, like, a New England, like, uh, like what's what, what's the terminology I'm looking for? Sleeper seller, whatever the fuck you want to call it, out there, obviously. I think he, I think he was, I think he learned a little bit from when he coached in Denver all those years ago. But the thing is, there is, it's a new coach, it's a new system, it's like Denver, they're just trying to figure it out. The only difference is, is that, the only difference is that Denver has two wins and the Raiders are 0-3. I don't think McDaniels will get fired. I think it's just more along the lines of like trying to figure this shit out. Yeah, I agree. I don't know because I saw like he was like he was he jumped up to third and like for betting odds to be the first coach fired and like at the beginning of the season he wasn't even near there. Ah, all right. Um, let's see. Let's see who on the premier. Oh, well, I mean, like, look at uh, if I want to look at betting odds of coaches to get fired, the odds to the odds of Premier League managers to get fired changes every week. Yet somehow Brendan Rodgers still has a job. <laughs> this is true. He's a fucking idiot. But moving on. Yeah. Do you want to go into the north now? Let's go. Into the, 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 not, not the north. The NFC. Yeah, let's go into the NFC. Let's go right into the north, though. My Lions are one and two. Typical Lions loss. Typical Vikings. Uh, typical people think Kirk Cousins is good. Vikings win in a one o'clock slot. There, I'm not. Conv- I'm not concerned about the Lions at all. I think that they are. Go- I think the Lions could. The Lions are not a bad team. They just need. To, they just need to close that game out, and they didn't. Like, I. I still. I still have hope that the Lions could actually get like nine wins. I really do. Um, but you know, Kirk Cousins in the one o'clock slot, he just decides to sling the ball and doesn't fuck anything up. So, um, it happens there. Um, but my thing is there about the, my thing about that, Matt, my thing about the Lions and the Vikings is that earlier in the season, I had both of them like coming out of the North to go to the playoffs. I mean, the Lions, I, I, I still have faith in them. The Vikings, they just need to figure it out like, and just be consistent. Like I, I, don't, I don't get how Kirk Cousins every single year can make can make people think he is this elite-type quarterback. And then should- like every, single, every, every single year he does this. He has the same projection every year. It's like, oh, maybe Kirk Cousins could be elite. He goes plays a shit game. He comes back. He follows up that shit game with a decent game. And people are like, okay, he's not that bad. I guarantee you next week he'll shit the bed again. And it's going to be the same same old song and dance with Kirk Cousins. That's why I picked the fucking Packers to get out of the North. Like, there's, like, no way, there's no way they don't with like how this division is. It's like being an Arsenal fan. Yeah, they, like- he gives you hope just to take it away. It's like be it's like being an Arsenal fan. I kid you not. Like, <laughs> all right, have have good have have decent off season. Win like first opening game. Win first opening. Win first opening games. Shit bet after international break. Lose hope. 
win games after win, have have magical have magical run in February, lose games down the stretch, rinse and repeat. That's like the life of an Arsenal fan. So like Kirk Cousins is like, all right, hype him up in the off season, hype him off in, up in the off season. Have people think that he can be the MVP based on who he has around him in Minnesota. Win two game, win, win, win. Have to have convincing week one win over opponent, and then like shit to bed in prime time, rinse and repeat, and then here we are back up, and then here we are. So like last week he shits to bed in prime time on Monday Night Football, throwing more so to the Eagles than his own team. Then he comes back and beats the Lions, which, I mean, as much as I hate to say that I have faith in the Lions, it's still the Lions. So, like, who do the Vikings even have next week? The Vikings next week, don't they play – I think it's a – they play primetime, right, against the Saints? No, 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 not primetime. They're over in England. Oh, so it's a nationally televised game against the Saints. Yeah, 9.30 a.m. against the Saints. Uh, I knew it was the Saints, but I couldn't remember. Uh, no, it's going to be a Kirk Cousins shit game because it's practically a na- it's a nationally televised game where everybody will be watching on NFL Network, and he'll just like sling it. But he, <laughs> wait a second, you mean to tell me the NFL decided to send both Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston at the same time to the fucking to fucking England? L- loser stays there. <laughs> Loser stays there. Jesus Christ! It's like my, it's like a matchup in my fantasy league. Winner takes loser's cat. Um, uh, holy fucking shit! <laughs> Kirk Cousins. Well, I mean, Kirk Cousins did meet uh, Hinman Son from Tottenham earlier in the week, and I'm like, oh, Tottenham. Well, <laughs> oh, okay. So I saw that picture, and at first, it took me a second to realize it. So the, when I first saw that picture, I was like. What? What the fuck is going on? I'm like, oh yeah, they're over in England. Yeah, no, oh fucking, you gotta be kidding me. So Kirk Cousins versus Jameis Winston is what the NFL decided to do in England to grow the game. Oh, those poor people that are <laughs> they're used to. I mean, let, let's be honest. People of Tottenham are used to mediocrity. People in England are used to mediocrity. I mean, have you seen their have you seen their run of form during the international break? Uh, do you want to talk about ours, or are we gonna skip over that? It's Iran's group to lose. <laughs> it's just looking that way right now. If Iran's allowed to play in the World Cup at this point. Um, uh, but no, um, the NFL is just a bunch of sick fucks sending Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston over to the to, to the other side of the They world. are sick fucks for that. I feel bad for the people of England for that. They got to watch Harry Maguire play for their national team. They'll have to watch Kirk Cousins and Jameis Winston duel it out. Hey, I, I mean, just go to the pubs and watch the Manchester Derby at this point. Don't even watch. Um, uh, don't even watch uh, the Saints and the uh, Vikings. Um, that's a fucking Jesus Christ. That's a shit show right there. Holy fuck. Um, uh, the Bears are two and one somehow. The Bears are two and one because of the weather. The Bears are two and one because they played the Niners in shit conditions, and they also <laughs> they played the Texans, who might not get a win this year. <laughs> but they have a time. That's, that's all. Like, you guys should kill the Bears. We Sunday. said that they should beat the. We said that we should have beaten the Cowboys. But Cooper, then Cooper Rush is playing himself to a long contract as a backup. Yeah, Jerry Jerry Jones is going. Jerry's going to pay him a hundred million dollars. You heard it here first. 
her first hundred million dollar backup quarterback. You thought Jimmy Garoppolo had <laughs> greatest uh, contract for a backup quarterback? No, it's gonna be Cooper Rush. Um, uh, also, shout out to the idiots that sh- that uh, rode off the Packers after Week One yet again. They are two and one. And R E L A X, relax. Who are the pack? Shout out to the people that didn't pick them to win the division. You idiots! You thought the Vikings or the Lions could win this division? I said the Packers were going <laughs> to. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. You did not say they were going to win the division. Roll back the tape. You did not. I may have said the Vikings. No, you said, I'm pretty sure you you said either said the Vikings or the Lions. I know it wasn't the Packers. I I may have said the Vikings. I'll have to roll back the tape on that. <laughs> but I said I had the Packers making the playoffs, though. I did yes, not. You write, did. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. I did not write them off. No, I just can't believe like the people you, actually wrote the Packers off. With you can't write them off. Okay, they're playing the pack. They're paying. They're playing the Patriots next week. That's a bloodbath. That's a bloodbath. I mean, the thing is, there was like the Packers season, like kind of emulates last season to start off. Lose big in week one, play prime time, win in prime time, play, play tough opponents, find a way to win. And that's what they did. It also helps that the prime time opponent that they played in week two was also the Bears. <laughs> but still, <laughs> the fuck, the Bears are two and one. I can't believe the Bears are two and one. How the fuck? Justin Fields is playing playground football, I guess. But okay, go off Chicago. They are. A bad team. I, I may have stand corrected about the Broncos being the worst two and one team in in the league. Yeah, I mean, no, they are a. It's bad, pretty, and it's pretty bad when their whole team combined has like two hundred seventy nine passing yards. Like, like Justin Fields has through three games has thrown for two hundred ninety seven yards. Do he the, has through do three the games. He has forty five attempts. Do the Bears think that like were not in 2022, but instead in 1922? They genuinely might think that. They they might think that. (laughs) So (laughs) I mean, they're they're both of their running backs. Both of the running backs separately almost have more attempts than they do passing. Hey, I picked up Khalil Herbert in my fan in my fantasy league because. David Montgomery's out, and DeAndre Swift may be out for a couple of weeks with a shoulder injury. So I decided to pick up Herbert and put him on my bench because I feel like Chicago's just going to run run him into the ground now, anyways. So maybe no, they will. They they don't throw the ball, so they're gonna. Yeah, exactly. They don't throw the ball. <laughs> they forget. They forgot that the for, forward pass actually exists. Like at it, this point, if I'm them, you tank and try to get the quarterback in the draft. <laughs> they tried to. Hey, maybe the Giants pulled up. Maybe the Giants did. Maybe the Giants did the whole city of Chicago like a complete fuckery there because that was the Giants pick that they took uh, Fields in. We because in that draft, like they were supposed to pick after the Cowboys, but then like the Eagles ended up taking their pick. They got Devonta Smith, and then because the Giants didn't get Devonta Smith, they traded back for to get for Chicago with Chicago. Chicago swapped them and they took Fields with that pick. And then the Giants ended up using the Bears picks in in the next year's draft to draft Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal. So the so so the Bears actually just like they're looking like idiots right now again. Per usual, 
Yeah, the only thing is, though, my comments are probably going to bite me in the ass next week. <laughs> they might. It happens. I'm okay it's with fine. it. It's fine. It's fine. The Bears are 2-1. and one. We got – I mean, hey, well, let's move along into the – I want to get to the NFC East last. I have a lot to talk about on both. Yeah, I, I I agree. I mean, let's be honest. The NFC really has no interesting divisions. No, but the thing is, though, is like, no, the, the West is terrible. The Niners, like, okay, I'm going to start with the Seahawks. Terrible. Geno Smith is, if, you, if Geno Smith is not your quarterback, okay? Roses are red. The violets are blue. If Geno Smith is your quarterback, your season is through, Okay. The same can be said about the same can be said about Carson Wentz with Washington right now, and that's not even the right division. So, looking at the West, the Seahawks are terrible. My okay, Pete Carroll should honestly just retire at some point. The Cardinals are not a good football team. The only reason why they beat the Raiders is because the Raiders' defense collapsed, and Kyler Murray just pulled remarkable plays out of his ass. They are not a good football team. Kingsbury Cliff, needs to go. Kingsbury does need to go. Murray may need to go too. Hot take. Uh, I think once they get D hop back, they'll be fine. And I'll be okay with that too because I've got him sitting on my bench in my fantasy team. Me too. <laughs> I got called an idiot for drafting him. I'm not letting any of you pick him up. Are you fucking kidding me? Pick. I don't care. Um. Uh, maybe Kyler at least needs that independent study tape that for four hours, then back into his contract. There, the Rams. The Rams are the. The Rams are going to make the playoffs. The only thing is, though, is like how good are the Rams? The Rams, I, I, I mean, okay, they got their asses kicked by the Bills week one. They almost collapsed against the Falcons week two, and they played a shitty Cardinals team week three. So, like, are they are they like good or like are they st- or are they just like good enough to are they good enough to like win a Super Bowl again or are they just good enough to get into the playoffs because the NFC is terrible. I think they're just going to get in the playoffs because the NFC is terrible. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I agree with you there. And the Niners, like, I had high hopes with, for them with Trey Lance. Like, that was going to be my team. I told you week one. Well, even before week one, that was my team to get out of the NFC and lose to the Bills in the Super Bowl. But Trey Lance gets injured, and he's out for the season, obviously. Then you have fucking dumb fuck uh dan orlovsky uh look uh act like uh coming uh into be the quarterback and he decides to step out of the uh, back of his own end zone against the broncos and that turns out to be the game cha- the the turning point in a terrible sunday night football game if we're being honest though Orlo- orlovsky's thing was worse than what garoppolo's was orlovsky ha- orlovsky was just running scared for his life i i i kind of feel bad for his there in a way, Garoppolo's I don't because he's been in. The, Orlovsky was a rookie too, if I remember correctly, or like, or or if he wasn't a rookie, like at least like a second year quarterback. Garoppolo's been in the league for a long time, and he just looked like an idiot out there. He just like he he didn't even like he he just kept backing up trying to avoid a avoid a safety, and like dude, like like. You like you know where you're standing at that point. Like, what are you doing, my guy? Yeah, I. I, their I over. That their season is their over. seasons. Don't like like there's this this. I just keep looking at this NFC. I'm like every team here besides the division leaders are dog shit. I I, I, I take that back. Actually, no, 
there's a couple teams I will not put in the dog shit category. It does include your Giants. The Lions are not dog shit. They have scored in the third amount of most of the third most points in the league so far. And they and are- if Dan Campbell goes for it on that fourth down, they win the game. Exactly. And here's the thing. I showed you this. I only Lamar Jackson has only scored more touchdowns. Uh, has scored more touchdowns than 30 of the 31 op- opposing teams. The only team he has not scored more touchdowns than Detroit Lions. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that? So the Lions are not bad. They're not a terrible team. Okay. What sucks is that they're going to be without DeAndre Swift for a couple weeks because of the shoulder I- issues. And Amon Ra St. Brown is also dealing with some injury issues as well. Hopefully he's not out at all or too much if he needs to be out for a week or two. Those two definitely will hurt. Those two being out will hurt them a little bit. Um, the a- the NFC South, the Falcons are the Falcons. Um, I mean, they, 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 they beat the Seahawks. Like, okay, good for you. Um, the Panthers suck. I'm, Matt Rule is going to be the first coach fired. Baker also looks atrocious. Baker's terrible. I think you need to put um, uh, Ghost Boy out there. Danny. F- I think you need to put Danny Phantom out there. Phantom. Yeah, the Bucks defense is the reason that team is going to win games. Because if it was for the offense, I get the offense is hurt. That offense cannot win games. They really miss. Yet. He misses Gronk. He doesn't have a tight end. He misses Gronk. They let O.J. Howard go to Buffalo, and now O.J. Howell, and then he gets cut from Buffalo. Where is he again? Houston. Uh, Houston. Yeah, he's he in scored two touchdowns the first week. Yeah, he's in Houston, exactly. So, like, they like they have Cameron Braid, but, like, who's the backup tight end? I couldn't even tell you. Um, Their backup tight end. Isn't it? No, it's not him anymore. Who would it be? Yeah, I have no idea. Um, Kate, all right, so I guess his name's Kate Otten. Who? Kate Otten. Who? Oh, he went to Washington. Who? Exactly. This is I like an owl there. He's a rookie. Oh, okay. That makes sense there. He was okay. a fourth round pick for them. He's a rookie. They miss he miss they he misses Gronk. It's not even them. It's Brady missing Gronk. Like Gronk they, will come out of retirement. Gronk will come out I'll, I'll tell you when Gronk comes out of retirement. After their bye after their bye week. When's their bye week? 11 week 11 too late after the trade deadline they're not going to make any moves obviously because nobody does in the in the nfl before the trade deadline if they're like if um he'll come out of retirement after the trade deadline i i wanted to say after the bye week because like i thought it was like earlier than week 11 but week 11 is too far i mean that's still like six games obviously but still like not, eh, but still, not enough to implement him back into the offense, in my opinion. I mean, you probably could because it's Gronk and he doesn't give a shit. But still, um, no, Mike Evans losing to the Packers, they had no chance once Mike Evans got suspended against the Saints. Um, Godwin being hurt obviously, obviously doesn't help. Julio Jones being hurt obviously doesn't help either. But he's an old man. This is I we I said this last week. This is going to be like Peyton Manning in twenty in uh, with the Broncos his last season, and the defense is going to carry him as far as he can go. Brady as far as he can go. They're gonna they're pro like 
I said the Saints were going to win the division, but I'm taking that back now because they look like they the defense can only take them so far. Jameis isn't Jameis is looking like Jameis of old. Um, so I think the buck I think they'll take the defense will take the Bucks back to the division, but then at the same time here, like that's like they're not going to go far. Like I don't think they'll get like if they go far, it's because of their defense. Either that or he just pulls something out of his ass again because everybody's doubting him and he just says, fuck you, father time. That's that, that like, those are the scenarios at this point. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, I don't see this team. I don't think they win a wild card game, but they go into playoffs. No, depend. I guess depending on the matchup they will get, I don't see them winning a wild card spot or winning a wild card game. Excuse me. No, no, they're not going to, they're not going to. And the thing is, though, is like back to the division, like it's the Saints. I'm not going to talk about like the Saints, like with Jameis currently, they're like, I guess loser should stay in England at that point between him and Cousins. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, the South is a joke. The West is a joke. It's a joke. The North has the North has the most intriguing competition. The North is the most intriguing, in my opinion. And that's just I think the well, the like, yes. But I also think the East still has like two and a half competitive teams. Yeah, they have three if you count the Dallas defense. No, no, it's two and a half. And I wasn't even going to say it's Dallas's defense. Like the half would be the Giants' defense there. Um, No, going into the East, I want to say this. I'm still not buying into Philadelphia. No, I'm not. I'm not putting all my chips into that either. I, I do not care, okay? And you can people can call me biased because I'm a Giants fan. They almost collapsed against the Lions. They beat Kirk Cousins on Monday Night Football. They beat the Washington Commanders, okay? They haven't played a real team yet. They have not played a real team yet, okay? Be a real team this week. I hope Jacksonville. <laughs> Actually, I hope Jacksonville beats the shit out of them. That would, that would be great. Yeah, you with your Jacksonville purposes there and me just because I want it to happen. That would be great. I would well, love also, to- if the Eagles lose to Jacksonville, then you look at it and you look at it, it's like that division is open for the taking. If the- I, do, I do still think the Eagles win that division. The Eagles are going to win the division. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to say this. I, I'm still. I, I, if the Cowboys will lost to the Giants on Monday night, like coming in to record this, I would have said I take back my thoughts on the Cowboys. But like, it's crazy to think. Like, I think the Cowboys would still be the team to win the division. I really do, and it comes down to the defense because Micah Parsons is that guy. Demarcus Lawrence is playing like. Demar- Demarcus Lawrence is playing great. Okay, their secondary is not terrible. Their secondary is not terrible. I mean, okay, Trayvon Diggs still needs to figure out how not to give up a shit ton of yards, but he's still a ball hawk, and that ball hawk instinct is going to be fe- is going to be hit or miss there. But I think it's still the Cowboys' division to lose because, like, not just because uh, because mainly of the defense, but then at the same time here, um. Everybody like the offense like was actually being complimentary of it, of each other on the run pit, on the run game and in the pass game. 
Because, like, when you look at the offense led by Dak Prescott, they expect Dak Prescott to throw 40 times a game, and they don't use their running backs all that much. And that comes down to Kellen Moore. But when Cooper Rush was out there for the past two games, they were utilizing their running game a lot. And even utilizing Ezekiel Elliott for the most I've seen in a year, in, like, two seasons. So that's why I think the Cowboys legitimately, like, have a chance to, like, still win the division. As I... Much- I'm not so. I mean, they not- use Zeke way too much. They they haven't used. They do all- have a good bet. Like they do. I I will say they have a good back. Like one two punch with Zeke and Pollard. Like everyone's like, oh Pollard, like should get the starting time. I think Pollard is as good as he is because Zeke like gets the first and second down handoffs. I'm not saying Pollard isn't good. I'm just saying he looks that good because he he doesn't take as much beating as Zeke does. No, exactly. And the thing is, though, is like the Cowboys use Pollard and Zeke more as a tandem than the you than like in terms of splitting the carries than they do like having like one dominate the carries over the other, which is which helps them to their benefit there actually. But the thing is, though, is like my my point about the offense is that like when Dak is the quarterback, they don't use either of them. And it's like, all right, you have a good running back tandem. Like, okay, Zeke isn't completely washed yet. And Pollard has proven that like he can be like and can be a good number, a very good number two running back or and could even be like a number one on some teams in the league, like the Texans. Um, uh so it baffles my mind, like when Dak is the quarterback, that they have him throw forty times a game to to receivers that are not true number ones. Like, and as much as it kills me to say that about true number ones, because I just talked about Jacksonville not having like true number ones, but yet it's working for them. I guess it just comes with the fact that like you look at how da- I guess it comes to the fact of like how Dallas is magnified compared to like Jacksonville is, I guess, but. Like the thing is though is like I I want to go back on my point about having a complementary like offense for certain teams and Dallas is one of those teams that like you have to have the run game complement the pass game because like of who you have like on that side of the ball. Yeah, I could see. It. I just I'm just not sold on the like I don't I'm not sold on the Eagles are going to come out of the. I'm not saying the Eagles can't go to the Super Bowl. I'm just not sure that the Eagles probably – I do think they will win that division still. It's just I, I don't see – I don't think that Dallas is, like, all that great. They don't have a terrible team, but I don't think they're that good where I think the Eagles are more of a complete team that can go out and offense can win you the games when needed, whereas you're going to rely on Dallas's defense to win them the games when needed. No, I'd, I'd rather take the I, – I, we're looking at it like that. I'm taking the offense over the defense. No, you're not. You're not. You're not wrong there. You're not wrong at all there. I mean, the thing is – like, I'm not, I'm not agreeing with you. I'm not disagreeing with you either. Because the thing is, though, is like I'm more sold on the Cowboys than I am the Eagles. That's where I stand. That's where I stand here. But the thing is here, though, is like – like you said – if the Eagles lose to the Jaguars and the Cowboys somehow lose to the Commanders, the division is open. Yes. And it's crazy to think about that because the Commanders, like, they suck. With Carson Wentz as their quarterback, they suck. The only reason why they the only reason why they have a win is because your beloved Jaguars blew it. 
Um, and then the Giants are going to Chicago. The Giants are playing at home against Chicago, who is the one of the worst two and one teams I've ever seen. Yeah, you guys should win that game. I keep saying that, and I. Believe- I think you will. I keep saying that. I just don't want my comments to bite me in the ass. Every time I talk good about the Giants, they end up fucking me over. They literally end up fucking me over. But the thing, my thought process there on that is, um, if we move to three and one, I still am hopeful for the playoffs because even even in in the two early playoff standings, what had happened? What like what I was looking at them yesterday after the Giants lost to the Cowboys on Monday night. They're still in the seventh seed. They're still the seventh seed. So, like, the thing is, there is like you look at the NFC, how bad it is. If the Giants like can get some things going for themselves based on their schedule, maybe they can get into the playoffs. The only thing that sucks is that like, if their offensive line hold doesn't hold up like it did against that, da- like it didn't against Dallas, that's going to hurt them. And then it also hurts them that they lost Sterling Shepard for the season too. That actually hurt. That that was actually very brutal. Final play of the game, and the guy tore his ACL. Sorry, I'm just sorry. I'm just looking at the like the two early playoff standings right now as well. I was looking at where everyone was standing in the AFC. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, no, it's all good there. No, but. So going back with you guys, though, like I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying at all. But do you think that you guys could finish above Dallas, or do you still have Dallas and Eagles side in that one-two seed? Dallas and the Eagles will finish probably. Hmm. We play the Commanders twice. We have the Bears. Like, look at the schedule. It's very favorable for the Giants. Yeah, I mean, you get to see the Seahawks and the Texans. Yeah. And the Jaguars. And depending on the end of the season, like, how the Colts look, like, if that's a game you guys need to win, that's week 17 for you. You guys could win that. Yeah, it all depends on, like, what we got going on there. I mean, our the schedule is very favorable. I think it just comes down to, like, how the offense shows up because the defense has been doing its job for the most part. The only thing that sucks is that they miss Leonard Williams and him being out there, um, him not being out there, I should say, definitely hurt them last week. Um, I Like, Daniel Jones actually played a good game. No, like, I was, I was going to say, like, I don't think Daniel Jones lost you guys that game. I think it was just that Dallas defense was too much and Cooper Rush got it done when needed. Saquon had another great game for you guys. Yes, exactly. Saquon was pretty much the offense for us there, which I mean, kind of like the Giants of old, like when he got drafted, but it's it's a whatever there. Daniel Jones just like was – Daniel Jones was making plays like that he needed when he needed to. Like he was – he was I can't speak right now. <laughs> he was making plays in terms of like the pocket was collapsing. He saw openings. He was able to run with the ball. 
He was making throws that he needed to make. I mean, he there was a few few throws that were dropped. I don't know. I I do not know there. I mean, it's just a matter of like how we take it game by game. Like like Dabble said, you move on. Just move on on to the next week. There. I would be if we beat Chicago. I'll be okay with it. Three and one. So I have a question for you. If say you guys win this week and Daniel Jones doesn't look great, or not even, I guess you could probably maybe put it week seven. If you guys are sitting around like like around five hundred or like better, come the Jacksonville game. Do you think? And if Daniel Jones doesn't look good, do you think Tyra could take over the reins and get you guys in the playoffs, or do you think they would just ride Daniel Jones? They're gonna ride Daniel Jones because the thing is though is like this is a prove it or you're gone type of situation here. If the Giants are winning and he's not play, if the Giants are winning and he looks competent, I feel like, I feel like what, I feel like what they think is that maybe they can try and get him better situated like next season uh, for neck, like once neck, like next season. If the Giants are looking like shit and he looks incompetent, then they may pull the plug again. Okay. This comes down to the coaching staff and also on the this just comes down on the coaching staff how Dabble how Dable wants to go on the things, how Shane wants to look at things there. Yeah. I mean, I said this like way before the season started. Like I, I when I found out that Shane was gonna be going like on college scout on going on college campuses and scouting players, I'm like, oh fuck, we're tanking. Or two and one. That doesn't show signs of tanking. No. Especially in, like, winning that close game to Carolina and, like, making this Dallas game competitive. Like, you're not going to be tanking. Like, you wouldn't look like this how you do through the first two weeks. I don't think Dayball would even be a coach that would want to tank either for you guys. No, no, that was just a question. Like, I I didn't think it would happen either. I just wanted to get your take on it because, like, like I said, Daniel Jones, like, isn't a quarterback that will lose you games, but he's also one that can't sometimes put the game on the back when needed. No, exactly, exactly. I mean, like I said, I'm not, I, I I said this before. I have no expectations on the Giants. If they, my my expectations was six wins, six or seven wins. If they if they get more than six or seven wins, just based on being in the NFC, though, they if they get eight, nine, if they get nine wins, they can get into the playoffs. If they get ten wins, I'll be like, what the fuck is happening here? But it all depends on like how things sway in their favor. Like we've seen that the league is crazy. Like, we've seen how crazy the league is. Like, just one regular day of Barclays, that is all I ask for. <laughs> uh, uh, but it's not going to happen anytime soon. Um, but, I mean, I don't have any other thoughts. I think we can move on to baseball. Yeah, that's good with me. Yeah, we can move on to baseball. So, we'll move, we'll take it from the NFL over to the MLB there. Uh, looking, uh, looking into baseball, like, we are almost finally at the end of the regular season. I can't, as much as I love baseball, I can't say it enough. There, 162 games is a lot. Good amount to uncover here as we head towards the end here. Aaron Judge is chasing history, not just with the American League single season home run record. He's also going for the Triple Crown. Albert Pujols has made history, becoming only the fourth person in the history of Major League Baseball to hit 700 home runs for a career. The AL is pre- the AL and NL 
are practically set except for the wildcard teams and the NL East is still in a tight race as well here. So like towards the end here, there really isn't a lot to like look forward to, I, I guess, in compared in comparison to years past with like tight playoff races and everything with tight playoff races and everything there. And with pool holes, like already achieving history on his end, I guess the only thing baseball baseball fans and even casuals are looking forward to is just like seeing how many home runs Aaron judge can hit, but he hasn't hit a home run since they, he hasn't hit a home run in almost in almost a week now. Well, probably over a week when they came back and beat the pirates in their first game in their two game set. Um, judge just don't get stuck on 60. My guy. I mean, like, if you get stuck at 60, this will be the best thing to happen to the Yankees in a while for me. They haven't won a World Series since 2009. Like, is, that's not good enough for you there? Nope. No, I do like Judge, so I want him to get it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is there is, like, everybody goes into a slump, so, like, I'm not too worried. He just needs two more home runs. If he gets 61, 62, I'm okay with it. Again, I feel like he's going to hit the – I feel like – He's leading the triple. He's leading the American League in batting average, home runs, and RBIs. Anyways, so like I feel like at the same time, like there there have been talks about giving Judge a rest day. He's in line for the triple crown. Like I feel like even if he doesn't hit sixty one or sixty two, like him him like having such a historic season at this point is still a remarkable achievement because. He can win the Triple Crown once the season finishes up in a week's time. And then, like, okay, like, he's only the third American League ball. He's only the third ball player in American League history to hit 60 home runs in a season. And only the sixth major leaguer in history overall to hit 60 home runs in a season. So that's a remarkable achievement in itself there. Um, I mean... Like I said, yeah, he's in a home run slump, but at the same time, like he's still getting on base because they want because they want to walk him. The Toronto Blue Jays walked him four times. Walked him four times last night. Okay, but when they played against the Red Sox, he was getting walked a considerable amount. Okay, so like he's still getting on base. The batting average is still there, but I guess everybody's just anticipating that that home run, which I mean is crazy to think about because like. You have like ESPN breaking into their programming to show Judge at bats. You had the Yankees on Fox, like on a Thursday night for a nationally televised game. Sadly, they were on Apple for a Friday night game against the Red Sox. But the thing is, though, is like the man is must see TV at this point. Yeah, I agree with that. But do you think he looks tense at bat now? Like, I know last night, what he get walked four times last night? Yeah. Do you think, like, even the games before that, do you think he looks tense at bat? Do you think he's thinking about and just needs to loosen up? Because to me, like, he looks tense. He probably is thinking about it. I mean, the thing is, though, is, like, in this day and age, like, given social media and how media is in general, he's literally the talk of baseball, if not all of sports right now, given the fact that, like, well, Okay, like yeah, it's only week three of football season, and ba- and basketball and hockey have yet to take shape. But like, he's the talk of the sports world right now, based on what he's doing. Um, everybody like is the the social media aspect of his uh, of his popularity is there too. Yeah, uh, they're not. If they're not talking about football. They're talking about Judge. 
Exactly. And the thing is, too, is like, obviously, back in 1927, when Roof hit 60 home runs, like you either saw it in person, listen to it on the radio, or you or you ended up reading about it in the newspaper that same day or the next day. In 61, when Maris hit 61, like you either went to the ballpark, you listened to it on the radio, you saw it in television, or you heard about it in the newspaper. And even in 98, 99, and 2001, when McGuire, Sosa, and Bond, like when McGuire hit, when McGuire and Sosa had the home run chase, when Sosa hit 60 plus home runs again in 1999, and even when Barry Bonds hit 73 in 2001, the age of media and social media obviously wasn't what it is now. I mean, yeah, McGuire and Bonds, like were McGuire and Sosa, I should say, were the talk of baseball and sports back in 1998 during that summer because they were just going, they were just going like for like, mash for mash, bash for bash practice. That was also peak baseball. Yeah, I get saved. That was actually kind of saving baseball in the 90s, actually, too. Because I think we have talked about that before that that was the saving grace of baseball because baseball, if it wasn't for the steroid era, baseball would have probably not been a top four American sport anymore. Exactly, that's exactly it. There, like that home run chase saved baseball because of the lockout in '94, the canceled World Series, and everything. But like the magnitude of how much it's talked about, like it's probably being more talked about now. Oh, 100, 100%. 90s, I should say. Well, especially because you never thought those even... records were going to be touched. Exactly. Like, you never thought anybody was going to hit 60 home runs in a season again. Well, nobody thought that in 1927 or 1961 either. No, but I'm saying, like, through the through the mid to, like, mid to late 2000s to, like, even through the 2010s, you, like, so, like you never thought those records were going to be touched. Like you're not don't think the hitting record's gonna be touched. The home run records probably won't be touched, for being honest. Or even but um now we're getting one. We're exactly. Getting the, we're getting the AL home run record about to be broken. So like it's hard not to talk about. No, it's really not, honestly. And the thing is too, is like the people that are talking about this, like they're talking about like, oh, it's like making the era comparisons again too, because obviously, like, you know, there are people that think all Babe Ruth did was hit home runs against mechanics and milkmen. There are people that think that the pitchers in Roger Maris's era, like they weren't good pitchers, they weren't great, they weren't good pitchers either. And then, of course, like they're thinking like that Aaron Judge, like even in comparison to McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds, like that the pitchers currently are better, uh, are better than those than those pitchers in the late '90s and early 2000s. But the thing is, though, is like baseball has changed over the years. Obviously, like you went from the you went from like that the dead ball like era to like an era of you went from the dead ball era to like the live ball era to the steroid era and now we're in the analytic era so like everything is numbers based here which is why everybody's afraid to pitch the judge right now because they don't want to be the guy to they don't want to be the guy to give up that home run but also at the same time like they don't want him to do anything on offense because like when you look at how the Yankees have been, well, up until like recently, everybody batting around him wasn't really doing anything. I mean, they are in a way now looking at how the offense has been for over these past couple over these past few days. But still, like it's all about numbers and analytics at this point, and that's that's like what's a driving factor in everything now, set uh, in a way. 
Oh yeah, one hundred percent. That and especially like I know like clearly he wouldn't be here if it was close to the end of the season, but this gives the end of the baseball season minus a couple more playoff spots open something for baseball to talk about rather than just talk about what's going to happen in playoffs now. Exactly. And the thing is too, is like, that's something that I mean, that's something that, like the Yankees clinched East last night. If it wasn't for the fact that judge was like doing something, me as a base, me as a Yankees fan, I'd be like, all right, we're done. See, like we're done with the regular season. Might as well just pay attention to like outside playoff races. Yeah. You would have clinched anyways in the next couple of games. Exactly. Exactly. It doesn't really matter. Exactly. It doesn't really matter there. Another thing too, is like, if it wasn't for pool holes already have hit and se- have hit 700 home runs when he did on Friday, last Friday, I would be paying attention to the Cardinals, but now they've are now pool holes hit 700 home runs. And the Cardinals also clinched the NL central just last night as well here. So like, okay, I don't need to pay attention. It's just a matter of like, if pool holes, gets plays all that much the rest of the regular season or if he just kind of like sits on the bench until the postseason starts yeah well because they're clinched as well now so i think he'll probably sit probably i would sit him honestly i think 700s and even nobody's ever nobody's gonna ever hit 700 again anyways like they're like i i this is a hot take I would be surprised if, like, we even see a 500 home run hitter in our lifetime at this point. Well, I I agree with that because nowadays you're kind of getting players taking rest days, and that's why, like, the the game streak will never be passed either. It's just for that reason. Players take rest days and and then injuries. Yeah, players take completely different. It's a completely different game now. Yeah, players take rest days, off days happen a lot, injuries happen. It's all analytics driven. So the thing is, though, is like how you pitch to batters like is different. Is how the pitchers don't pitch, I should say. It's all numbers driven. So like how you pitch and throw to a batter is based on percentages of like them striking out, grounding out, or whatever there. And yeah, because well, like in Judge's early career, still he still does have what like two hundred twenty some home runs. He's got like 225 something. But he's also been in the league now for eight years, and you don't know. He'll get a big contract, yes, but he is still way off that 700 mark. Yeah, he's not going to get 700. If he gets 500, that'll be um, that'll still be yeah, that'd be impressive. That'll still be a remarkable achievement. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, six years, my guy. Well, he played 16, but what? That was his rookie. He what? Like, yeah, well, called up right six, a little bit, a couple six, times. I would say six and a quarter then, because 16 was like his first like call up. But yeah, so yeah, that's when he was like starting to get called up, and then six and a quarter. Seven, then he had that. Then he had that unreal rookie season, and then and then like in 2020 was what the co was that COVID season. 2020 was the COVID season. He had injuries in 17, 18, and 19. 2020 was the COVID season. Last year was last year. Here we are again with this historic season. But, yeah, no, I mean, even look at Mike Trout. Like, if he hits 500 home runs, like, it's a remarkable achievement. because he's he better- still go down as the best player in baseball. Yeah. Time. But, well, and the thing is, too, is, like, I'm not even going on that route. I'm looking at his, in- at his injury history. Yeah. The dude's missed a significant amount of time, like, over the past two seasons alone because of injuries here and there. So, like, if he hits 500 home runs, like, that would be a great achievement. But look at, like, what he could have done, like, if not for the injuries. Like, I compare him to kind of, like, Mickey Mantle in a way. Mickey Mantle ended up hitting, like, Mickey Mantle ended up hitting over 500 home runs. But if it wasn't for injuries and if it wasn't for injuries and age getting to him, 
he probably could have ended up hitting 600 home runs, they say, because of how great of a power hitter Mantle was. Like, Trout's a great Trout's a great five-tool player, like, on his day. But, like, if the injuries continue to stack up and he continues to miss chunks of time here and there. Well, especially, just, what, 2020, 2020 and then 2021, he was, he what, played, like, he didn't even play a full season of baseball through, like, two seasons. Yeah, and, the, and he missed a significant amount of time this season, too. Yeah. So, like, that. He still played over 100 this year, though, but still. That's still a lot of games. Like, yeah, I get 100 games is a lot, but with the amount of baseball players play, you're missing a significant amount of time. Exactly. That's exactly it there. Like, it's beyond, it's crazy. I mean, it just, it just boggles my mind, like, how baseball has really changed. And because of how baseball has changed, like, we're looking at, like, a we're looking at a season that, like, we're looking at a season for Judge and a career for Pujols that's like, when are we going to see something like this again? That's what the talk is. Like, but Especially, like, I I hate to say this, but I don't think Judge will ever have a season where he comes close to 60 again. No, like, I, think, I think 50 will be his mark every year. Well, here's the thing. You're not wrong. You're not going to be wrong there. Because the thing is, though, is, like, no, like 60 home runs is crazy. Nobody, nobody thinks about that. I mean, Stanton came close. Uh, Stanton almost came close, like when he was down in Florida, and one of the, I think it was like, um, I want to say it was like about, about seven, eight years ago. Now he came close down in Florida. I think he hit like fifty-seven, fifty-eight. But still, though, like that, like, and, and we know how much of a power hitter John Carl Stanton is, especially like down in when he was down in uh, Miami in his Marlins days. But, but the thing is, though, is like when you look at seasons like that, like, oh, they're having a great season here and there. Like, shit, if you would have told me Aaron Judge was going to hit 60, if you would have told me at the beginning of the year, Aaron Judge would hit 60 plus home runs have over 130 RBIs and lead the league in batting average and possibly win the Triple Crown. I would call I wouldn't call you insane, but I would say, all right, that's a little silly there. Mainly because of two things the home runs and his batting average. He's a career two seventy six hitter over his six over his six plus seasons with the Yankees. And we talked about this last week on the podcast, like this season, like is showing like, okay, like, okay, he can get the contract, but <laughs> If he doesn't break the home run, if he wins the triple crown, like that helps him out a lot, obviously, on top of the season that he's having. But if he doesn't break the home run record, that's the only leverage the Yankees have against him in terms of negotiating after the season ends. Like the Yankees literally are going to like grasp at straws here and try to and try to say like, oh, we don't want to give you we can't we can't give you this because of this. And it's like just grasping for air at that point. Like, all right, what can I snag here to use this ammunition against you? It's not going to work. Oh, exactly. Like I, he, well, we both are on the same page. He does deserve the contract. Yeah. Like we said, we talked about last week. I don't know if the Yankees are willing to pay that. Yankees better be willing to pay that. Do you, the hot take uh, it might even be that hot. If they don't win a World Series this year, he doesn't get the contract. They're probably not going to win the World. I, I okay, like I, 
as the Yankees fan, obviously, I want them. Like, I think they can win the World Series, but as a realist, I don't think they can, to be honest. I mean, I just look at, like, the Astros, obviously. Those pesky fucks are there. Um, the Dodgers are juggernaut, on, obviously. And then even, like, whoever comes out of the NL East, like, well, either the Mets or the Braves, regardless, like, both of you got like both teams are both teams are well stacked over there too, and anything can happen in October, obviously. So I'm not going to rule anything out on honestly. But if he doesn't win the World Series, like individual season wise, like he should get the contract. If the team doesn't win anything, the Yankees will probably be like, "Oh, you didn't help us win a World Series, so like we can't give you this much, but we can give you this much." And if they do that, then Cashman's a fucking idiot. Well, because, another hot take. Judge hasn't won shit since he's been a Yankee. That's not a hot take. You're why? Not. It's not hot, but why? My hot take is not that. Is why pay him if he hasn't won you shit? Baseball's a weird sport when it comes to their. Award. I guess Trout got paid, and that. But I mean, Trout is a completely different world than judges. Trout got paid because the Angels can't afford to lose him. If they if, if they lose him if they lose him, then they're not gonna then they're gonna have a more empty ballpark than they already do, and that's even with Otani. Because if Trout leaves, then Otani. Le- well, then even if Trout left, Otani wouldn't would have left too, and then the Angels would definitely be grasping for whatever they can find. But um, they're the Angels and Trout are probably regretting that contract right now, too, based on performance. Oh yeah. Um, baseball is an, baseball is a, what is Otani's contract even? Cause I know he came over from Japan. I don't know what his contract is. I think it's like a five-year deal. Let me, let me look this up. I want to say it's a five-year deal. Cause the Japanese stars that come over from their league, their deals are definitely unique. Their deals aren't like. Their deals like aren't mega deals, but they're major yeah. mega deals because of like their stardom. Um, Shohei signed a two. He just signed a two year, another two year deal. Um, what was his initial deal? He he's been in the league a while. That's why he's been in the league since twenty twenty one. So his initial deal was, um, let's see. It looks like he was getting paid a two years, eight, eight and a half million dollar deal. Dude, he's been in the league since 2018. My guy, he's been in the league since 2018. All right, then Sports Track is completely wrong. Yeah, Sports Track is completely wrong. He's been. Look at his career earnings. Okay. So, career earnings. Um,. So his first year in the league, he he got a signing bonus of two million thirteen hundred thousand dollars or thirty one. Fuck, hang on, two million thirteen fifty. Okay. Um. After that, his base salary was very low. He was getting like around average five hundred thousand a year. Just signed that new contract, the two years, eight and a half mil, or five. Yeah. Yeah. So Contract up in 2024. He will be at least, what, like a $50 million a year player? Depends on who t- depends on who's asking. But I think, like, oh, ah, shit. 
that guy, like they, like when we talk about the Angels. Oh, Shohei has bet on himself. He's only signed one-year contracts so far. Yeah. So the thing is, there is like what gets me about what gets me about Otani is like he he likes out he likes the Angels then. If he's betting on himself and also content with staying and with the angels there. But at the same time, like I find it ridiculous, like how you hear about like Mike Trout hitting a home run or doing something like that. And Shohei Otani has done only has done something only only first time in the first time since Mordecai Three Finger Brown did in 1905, and the Angels still lose eight to four. Yeah. Like that's just pathetic there. What my thought process there, but going back to judge and like, okay, the Yankees can use like, oh, you've never won anything with us as leverage there. Baseball is a weird sport when it comes to their awards. Like you don't see dominance of individual, like you don't see true dominance of individual awards, whether it's a gold glove or a silver slugger or the MVP because they really don't have the um and, and they really don't like and then of course like they don't have like the offensive player of the year defensive player of the years or whatever like that like it's the ALM it's the AL MVP the NL MVP the AL Cy Young the NL Cy Young you've got your gold glove award winners for for defense you've got your silver slugger awards for offense there so like if you have like like and of course it's just based on like the season and everything there so like you can have like multiple win, win you can have multiple like winners like first time winners you can have guys winning awards like for like multiple years in a row like third base in the national league like Nolan Arenado practically like has the has a mortgage down on the gold glove award like for third base because he's one of the best third basements in the game if not the best third baseman in all of major league baseball so like yeah the yankees can use that leverage there like and if they do like it's and if they do i can understand why because baseball is a business all sports are a business but like at the same time it's not like the it's not like the nfl or the nba or even in the nhl where like multiple guys can win the same award year in year out or the same guy can win the same award year in year out, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's one thing I like about baseball. They go like on they go on like how well, they do for the season. Well, but then, like with those awards as well, like playing like hot when it comes to like hockey, like football, like they're more like hockey and basketball start a long season with eighty two. But nothing compares to baseball. So players can go through like a big slumps, like where it's like not, I wouldn't say like as noticeable, but it also gives more players time to shine as well. Exactly. Which makes it exciting because like you said, like all those awards are changing basically every year. Like you clearly know who the top guys are, but you don't know who's going to get what at the end of the season. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing is too, is because baseball like is such a long season, like, you can have somebody at the top of like the MVP voting like in June, but then that guy can fizzle out like after the trade deadline. Exactly. Like the thing is, there is like, okay, judges probably judge judges most likely AL MVP here. 
But then you look at NL MVP. Who who do you think NL MVP would be? Well, I have an argument for Otani being the AL MVP. No, I am not listening to that. I am not listening to that. Why? Because he is not the AL MVP, okay? It is not happening, okay? It's not happening. He leads the team in hits. He leads the team in on-base percentage. He leads the team in RBIs. And the Angels suck. And if you and the he Angels, also pitches, and the Angels suck. It doesn't. It, MVP is the most valuable player to a team. It's not the best. Play, it shouldn't be the. This is what I hate about the MVP awards: is they give it to the best player in the league, and not the most valuable person to their team. That's why, like the last couple of years in the NBA, yeah. I have respecting uh, letting what his face get the MVP because he is the most valuable person to the Nuggets without who. Jokic. Jokic, thank you. I Thank you. Without but him, the Nuggets would suck. That's what I needed to do. That's why I think Shohei should be the MVP. And if you take Shohei off the Angels, they still suck. He hasn't, like... But they he, suck even worse. Yeah, they, they still suck. If you take Aaron Judge off the New York Yankees this season, they're not winning the, they're not winning the division. They are, a third, they are the third wildcard team at best. Which means they still get into the playoffs, but like his his presence on the team, not just with his offensive ability, leading ev- leading the American League in almost every nonsensical category that they can come up with, but also his defensive play as well. Like he is a pre- like he is a defensive presence, not only in right field, but also when he has been playing center field as well. Like I do respect that he did change about it, about his game because when he first came into the league, he was not great at defense. Yeah, so he was like, not great at defense, and his problem was he would strike out a lot. Now he fixed that. Yeah, and if Judge is not the MVP, then like I'm going to fucking cry foul. I will admit that because the thing is, though, is like, can you see the at least the argument for Shohei? I mean, there is the argument, but the thing is, though, is like, I just don't want to hear it anymore. I'm going to be honest. Like, it's judges. I, my standpoint is like, I see your point, but your point at the, like, I see your point. I do. But my point is this. The race is over, in my opinion. Shoei's going to get votes. He will get votes. Which is nothing wrong with that at all. But if Judge doesn't win MVP, there's something wrong with the voting system. Okay, um, that's what, that's what I'm saying. Because the thing is, though, you can't, you cannot give MVP to a guy that all is that is going that hit that has only done something that only five other people have done in the history of Major League Baseball, and at the same time is also going to do something could also do something that a guy hasn't done in the major leagues in ten years, and his team and somebody on his team hasn't done since 1956. Yeah. So that's also, what... going back to your NL MVP question, would it have to be Freddie Freeman? A lot of people have been saying either Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt on the Cardinals. All right, I could see the I could see the Goldschmidt argument. Goldschmidt argument. I mean, like, see what sucks is because everybody's been talking about Judge. Nobody has a fucking clue what's going on on the NL side in terms of like the no, because yeah, because Goldschmidt as well doesn't he lead the team in everything that Judge yeah, like... does as well, batting average, home runs, RBIs. Yep. Hit, yeah. 
Yep, and Arenado's also had another 30 home run, 100 RBI season, and he's also putting on a, st- a stellar defensive clinic at third base. Like I said, until he retires, he's got a mortgage on the Gold Glove Award at third base because he's the best third baseman in the game. That's true. Uh, yeah, the Cardinals are lucky with those two. The Cardinals are lucky with those two, and um, uh, but and that's why they couldn't as well. That and uh, the uh, we'll do it for Albert tour has uh, helped them clinch the Central. That's true. Now, now the Cardinals are actually a pretty good team, honestly. They always no, I mean you got what? What's his name? Tommy. Uh, who's your second baseman? That's really good as well. Ah, uh, fuck! I forget. I know who you're talking about. Don't say Tommy Pham. He play. He does. No, Ed Edgar Ed Ed. What's the fuck's his name? Oh, Todd, there it is. Tommy Edmund. Tommy Edmund. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like, no, the Cardinals have a good team. Like they always are. They're they're They always like are in contention for the central. So like, there's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. So I guess at this point, like we might as well just go back into the playoff race and, and see like what we've got going on there. Um, uh, but, and see like what we've got and talk about like what we've got going on there. The AL is practically set. Houston's going to have the one seed. The Yankees are going to have the two seed. The Guardians, because by default, are going to have the three seed as the lower, like the division winner with the least amount of wins. And then it's just going to come down to who's in the wild card spots between between Tampa, Toronto, Seattle, and Baltimore still in contention too. Um, I want to see Seattle get it. Seattle probably will get it. Uh, the only thing that sucks is that they are without Julio Rodriguez for a few more days, but they should still be fine. And then it's just a matter of whether or not Tampa or Toronto decide to like figure out who's going to get one and two in the wild. All right, back to this question again. How many teams are making the playoffs? Six on the American League side, six on the National League side, 12 in total. The right, first one, two teams. two, three, four. So there is a okay. So Seattle's in the last wild card spot right now, correct? Then yes. Okay. 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 I I so I hate it. I hate it so much. No, I agree with you there. So I like, talk about this every week. I hate it. I hate the fact that oh, Judge is up. Yep, I am watching on the Statcast because I cannot get the game. Uh, it sucks. Judge is up. All right. Yeah. As we're recording, Judge is up. I think it's, oh, he's over two. I He's over two tonight. This is his third time up to bat. All right. Do something, you fuck. Because this will get him 60, correct? 61. 61. Thank you. Yeah. I just said that he hit 60 against Pittsburgh a few days ago. He yeah. has run since. I was hoping he would have done it against Boston, but those pussies, those fucking pussy cowards decided to um, uh, pitch around him. He almost had it a uh, Thursday night, bottom of the ninth. He missed it by like four feet. Oh, mm-hmm. Strike one. Jesus Christ. Um, uh, and then looking, but back to like us on the pod here, looking at the NL, like, okay, the Dodgers like got the one seat, obviously. The two seat is still up for grabs with the NL East up for grabs there. And then by default, the Cardinals will have the three seed because the central, like both centrals, like were not great divisions. And then the wild card is going to come down to like the, the wild Braves card. or the Mets. Uh, no, the wild. Well, yeah, the Braves are the Mets, the Padres, and then the Phillies are the Brewers. So there's still like a little bit of a wild card race there. Well, for that last spot, I should say there, um, uh, the Bra- for that last spot and also that first spot, uh, and the Mets crucial three game series against the Braves this weekend. Yeah, and we're currently down four nothing to the Marlins. Are the Braves winning at all? Uh, they were losing last time I checked. 
the Braves are still losing two to one. Oh, okay. So you lose, they lose. All right. That's fine there. I'm okay with that. I'm oh, yeah, actually, I'd be fine with that. Uh, you guys, how confident are you going into the series this weekend with them as a Mets fan? I'm just scared. They always beat us. So the thing is, they're like here. our kryptonite. Yeah, well, the Braves are a very good team, and I guess they do have your number as of late. Um, the only good thing, if, the only there's the good news and bad news if you don't win the division. The good news is that you're in the playoffs. The bad news is is that as a 90 plus win team, you're going to be going on you're going to be going on the road to the you would be going on the road to the wait no. Four, no, yeah, no, you would be playing. No, you would still be home. Actually, never mind, because it would be four v five. So you would be playing the Padres if they held on to the five seed. I'm not worried about the Padres. No, I no, I you, I don't. You shouldn't be honestly. The Padres, like everybody thought that since they got Juan Soto, like they'd be like world beaters, but they have not turned out to be world beaters. In fact, Juan Soto was in like one of the worst slumps of his life last time I checked. Uh, well, in his short career, short career uh, that he's had uh, in baseball. And then also they ended up like trading for their old closer and he's been and he was shitting the bed and he got like taken out of the closer role, too. Yeah, um, um, but no, I am. <laughs> I, I, was, I, I would clearly it'd be ideal to clinch a division and get the home playoff game. Yeah, you get the buy into the you get the buy into the ALDS. You would get home field in the AL, in your ALDS series, and then like if you were to get home field in the AL, it, I said AL. Holy fuck! Um, your home field in the NLDS and home like and then the first round and then obviously a buyout of the NL wild card, obviously. And then if you were to get home field in the NLCS, you would then just need to hope that the Dodgers end up losing. Holy fuck! It's gone. Did he hit a home run? He's done it! 61, baby! Fuck, I miss I oh I wish I could watch. Let me go to Twitter. Let's fucking go, boys. Let's fucking go. So that ties the record, correct? That does tie the record. That does tie the record. You know, honestly, like I was, I, you know, honestly, like tying the record, like you can probably hear the sound like on the TV at this point, but I don't give a shit. Um, uh, like what, like the only thing I felt bad for in terms of one of the few things I felt bad for in terms of this record I felt bad that they were dragging his mom and Roger Maris, Aaron Judge's mom and Roger Maris's son, like to and from these ballparks. Yeah. Like Roger Maris's son is probably like, okay, like, okay, cool. You tied my dad. Can you just break this now so I can go back into hiding? Cause he does not, I, I, they keep showing him. I kid you not. This guy looks like he does not want to be there. Aw, cute moment between Roger Maris's son and Aaron Judge's mom. <coughs> They hugged. Good for them. Happy. Let's go. 
<laughs> good for him. MVP. No. Pay him. No. Go Braves. <laughs> okay. Go Braves. <laughs> also, also that also that broke a three three tie in the Yankees game. Speaking of three three tie, oh, I guess it doesn't matter. We're not talking hockey right now. Are the Sabres tied yet, or is it still two one? Oh, it's three one now, Columbus. Okay. It's three one now. Yep, three one Columbus. Oh boy, um, it's preseason. I'm aware of that. Yep. Uh, let's see here. No, right. no. We just, we just hit a two run homer. Oh, good stuff, Mets. Let's go. See, see, I want you guys to clinch the division because, like, I want you. See, I want you. I want the Subway Series. That's why. And then, like, and then, like, you know, we just beat you guys, and you know, I just enjoy a fucking championship finally. Aaron judges me. Yeah, Eduardo Escobar just hit a two-run home run, bottom of the seventh. Uh, we could really use this game, especially going into the four-game series. I want to see. I want to see highlights of it. They're not showing it. I'm not seeing it on Twitter. All right, it was like right down the plate, and bam, like it just like went out. Oh, here it is in a fucking flash. Oh yeah, you could tell that was gone as soon as it left the bat. The only thing is, though, is like you don't know who actually caught that. No, actually, it went into the bullpen. <laughs> Going into the bullpen. Oh, no one's getting the money for it. Nope, it's going right back to him. Whose bullpen did it go to? Yankees or? Uh... Don't necessarily know who comes out of where there. Because if that went to, if that went to Toronto's bullpen, you know they're just gonna throw it away. Yeah, Roger Maris's son just is like, clap slow clapping. He also kind of looks like Roger Maris. That's the scary part, actually. Let's take a look here one more time. Boom. Let's see here. That is the Blue Jays bullpen. Ooh. That went into the Blue Jays bullpen. They actually, wow, full stadium's cheering. Good for them. Their faces are everything. That is amazing there. But no, back to hockey. It's hockey preseason. I'm excited. Um, I, you know, they were supposed to give Comrie a first, like his first looking goal tonight. I don't know if that actually happened or not. I think Uka Pekalukinen was, uh, was out in warmups, like may have played a little bit too. It's only preseason game number three, so they're just figuring out. They're just getting everything figured out. So I, so like, I'm not too worried about them losing a preseason game to the Columbus Blue Jackets, to be honest. Yeah, no, I'm not too worried. I just wanted to like see how our young guys were doing. Like, that's all I really care about. I also wanted to see how, I also like want to know how like Labushkin's doing. Like he did like, Labushkin play tonight? I know he played last night. He played last night. Um the uh blue sad Blue Jays fan. He's like, I oh, shit, I could have caught that. I almost caught yeah, that. Yeah, no, Labushkin's not in the lineup tonight. Yeah, no, Labushkin actually played really well. Um yeah, Comrade Labush- let up the three goals. Ah fucking Com- that's okay, Comrade. Twenty seven shots against, three goals allowed, and he should be getting oh wait. Oh, did he play the whole game? Oh, it looks like he played the whole game. Oh, oh so we went into this game with a very like young lineup. Like the only like only real player that's in there that has got like meaningful NHL time is Olafson and kind of and Krebs. Ah, all right. And, and Bryson's in there and Fitzgerald. How do you feel about them looking into Jason Robertson? 
I love that because you know what? He's 23 years old. He's a 41 goal scorer. And he's a superstar. It's just what? How much is it going to cost? It's, I saw so this thing to um, WGR today, and I kind of agree with this. They said it would probably be, cost the Sabres, like kind of what Vegas gave up for Jack. Um, an NHL player, um, uh, a youth prospect, or like a prospect, and then probably a first rounder. So who would we give up as the NHL player and who would we give up as the shitty prospect? Cousins and then either Paterka or Quinn. Jesus, wow. That's what I think because I don't think Middlestad does it for them. So I think you'd have to go Cousins. Sadly. And I think we don't do it because Cousin gives us a lot. Like, I know he doesn't score a lot, but he gives us a lot defensively. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fuck. Uh, maybe we can try and fleece Dallas out of something because apparently the Robertson camp is not happy with the Stars. But you know, he- also every other NHL team called about him as well. Well, yeah, because the Stars have been fucking around. That's why. Well, the Stars also have like I get like so I don't know like I don't know if like the Stars want to lock him in long term or if they're not willing to lock him in long term or what he wants. But they're also fucked with the salary cap with those Ben and Sagan contracts. And those players are two ten, both $10 million players who don't do shit for you. <laughs> idiot teams signing players to idiot contracts. Ottawa fans know a lot. I'll know a thing or two about that under the Mel, under the Melnick regime. Ottawa's going to be scary this year. Ottawa probably will be scary because they're out of the idiot contracts. That's why. That's true. Hey, Bo Bichette doesn't know how to field a ball. Let's go. Um, uh, uh, but yeah, no, um, no, Ottawa probably. I mean, I was a year, I was a year behind with Ottawa not being shit. Yes, you That's all it was. That's all it was. I knew Ottawa was having a youth movement. I wasn't expecting them to fucking go out and get uh, Cam Talbot, Claude Giroux, and then. Uh, the brink at, <laughs> but the senator the the senators look like they can actually do some damage. So we'll see what happens when the when the season comes there. But nonetheless, also I'll... off off sports real fast. Um, did you see Coolio died? Who? The guy that sings Gangsters Paradise. He died. Yeah. When today? Just I, like eleven minutes ago, supposedly TMZ put it out. What the fuck? Let's take a look here. We're going to Twitter, boys. Oh, shit. Yeah, 34 minutes ago. Uh, Grim, yeah. Oh, shit. 59 years old. Holy fuck. Holy fuck. Damn. All right. Okay. That that's crazy. Let's see here. Yeah, Keenan and Kel. Holy shit. Huh. Damn. That's crazy. R.I.P. Coolio. Holy shit. Um, all right. I don't know where to go from here at this point now. You still there, buddy? Hi, my mic was muted. Oh, damn. All right. I thought maybe the power finally kicked out. No, the wind is picking up, though. I can hear it outside. Oh, that's not ideal, though. So we might not have much longer. No, that's not ideal, though. <laughs> um, all right. It's not raining yet, though. No, that's good. That's good. Pick 
four or five games. We forgot to do this. We forgot to do it once again. Um, also, last week, let me give you the rankings for last week. I, I didn't even know like when what I need to know like what the under was like when we picked there because like we were doing like based off of like when we were taking a look, not like game day spread. So like yeah. was it 39 and a half or 38 and a half? I think the Giants was uh 38 and a half. That's why I took the over. So because I know it changed like within a point or two. Yeah, no, Giants was 38 and a half. That's why I took the over. And you took the fucking over by a bet, and you got a bad beat. So it's one to one each because I had the over the under for the Cardinals game, and you had the un, the over for the Giants game. But our winners were fucking nothing. Nope. Yeah, we both. So we both went 0 and two on the Bills. Um, you went one and one on the Cardinals, and then then so right now we're both two and four. Let's, yeah, two and four. Great. We're com- we're combined two and four. All right. Um, let's see. Well, like I said, I'm going to keep track of that so we can see who did the best at the end of the year. And I'm going to start putting in as well, like, the games over under when we put this in as well. Yeah, fair enough there. Um, uh, yeah, pick, f- pick like three or four games because I was looking at the matchups this week again, and I'm just like, do I really want to touch anything gambling-wise on this? Yeah, no, this is a, a little better than last week. Please a little better than last week. Bears game just for me. I would rather watch paint dry than bet on that game. All right. So we will first go then to we go to the, we'll start Thursday night again with the Miami Cincy game because I actually think this is going to be a good game. Um, Miami is traveling up to Cincinnati. Um, I like Cincinnati in this game. I think I bounce back game for the Bengals again. Bounce back game for the Bengals. Miami is not a three and team. Um, the spread is Cincy minus four, and I am – I think as much as I want the Bengals to win this game, I think it will be a close game, and I think it could be a touchdown game. So I'm going to take the Dolphins plus four. Dolphins plus four, you going over or under? And then the over-under in this game is 47. With that's kind of high, given how that's high I, I think that's high as well, given how the teams have been. I'm that's that that's crazy. So, yeah, I'm gonna go Finns plus four, and I'm taking the under in this game just because I, I, I don't think that I, from what I saw from Tua last week, I don't think he can put up the points like he did against the Ravens, just the Ravens defense fell apart. So, I'm taking the under in this game of the 47. Um, I I don't see with how, especially with how Cincy's offense has been as well. I don't see how we get a high scoring game. No, Cincinnati's offense has not been great. Their offensive line is not good either. Um, I'm definitely taking the under in this just based on how the two teams have been performing. I mean, Cincinnati could continue their bounce back and like win this game, I feel like, but it's going to be a close game. Although. I think Cincinnati will win by a touchdown. Uh, Bengal. Uh, plus, they got the zebra helmets and the white and the white uniforms. So, like, oh, true. I'm going with this. I'm going with the Cincinnati zebras minus four, and I'm taking the under. All right. So we both got the under. We're both splitting. I I think it's going to be closer than you think, but I guess we'll find out on tomorrow night, which I'm happy. Well, I'm, I'm saying that, I'm saying that I'm saying that the Bengals are going to win by a touchdown in the game. Oh yes, yes. But yes. then, like with that minus four, like they'll still win betting wise. Yeah, you'll win betting wise by that. Yes. 
Um, all right. So the second game I want to go to. So the Bills, I, know, I know you don't want to go to the New York Chicago game. So we're going to travel to Philly. We're going to travel to Philadelphia and see my Jaguars uh, take on Philly. I, since he is minus six and a half or since he, um, Philly is minus six and a half in this game. The over under for this game as well is 47. See, I like this over under a lot more with how these two offenses look this season. The over. I'm taking the over in this game as well, but I'm also going to take the Jags to plus six and a half. I don't, I think Jacksonville wins this game straight up and giving them six and a half points. I'll take that. Even if they lose by touchdown, I'm still winning that bet, but I am for sure taking the over 47 in this game. Taking the over 47. Um, no, Jaguars. I, I'm with you on this one. So we'll 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 we're either all in to like win on this one, or like we're just gonna look like idiots on this one. So um, I am gonna be the first time we look like idiots. This is very very true. This is very very true. But no, I'm taking the. Uh, I'm with you on that. Jaguars plus six, and I will take the over on that one too. Yeah, both offenses look. Both offenses look good. I mean. The Jaguars' offense over the past couple of weeks, obviously, just like destroying the Colts and making the Chargers look like shit. And Philly's offense, led by Jalen Hurts, obviously, they've got AJ Brown, Devonta Smith. Um, so like the offense, like the offenses are primed to like actually go head to head against each other there. So no big, so no big deal there, obviously. So Jaguars plus six over on. I'm taking the over. All right, and then in my opinion, I'm gonna sound like a biased Bills fan again, but we're gonna go to travel to Baltimore. Um, the Bills and the T- Ravens. I think this is probably the best game of the week on the slate. Um, well, I think the um, I think the uh, Monday night game between the Rams and 49ers is the best game. <laughs> um, so yeah, you might not be wrong. We could be surprised. I could um, be surprised. I would if I also turn out to be right on that. I am not telling you the winning lottery numbers. You won't tell them to me? No, I won't <laughs> tell you the winning line. No, That's but... rude. Um, but so the Bills are minus three. What was that? I said I'll give you some money. Don't worry. Thank you. That That's so nice of you. Um, so the Bills in this game are minus three and a half. The over under this game is 51. 51? I hate that because of the weather. If you see what Baltimore is going to look like on Sunday, there's – if more than 46 points go up in this game – I will be shocked. I'm sure come kickoff, this over-under is going to drop just based on the weather. But Because I think people are going to hammer this under. I like the under in this game just because of the weather. Um, They're supposed to have like 15 to 20 mile an hour winds. They're supposed to be downpouring because they're going to be getting the remnants of Hurricane Ian. Um, so I'm taking the under. I'm taking the Bills minus, minus three here. And I am for sure taking the under this game. I don't see... How unless the weather magically clears up, I don't see how we get over fifty-one points. The only way, every the only the only way that the over happens is if Baltimore's defense plays like it did in the fourth quarter against Miami, and Buffalo can't stop Lamar's running game or Lamar in the running game. But I don't see either of those things happening, in my opinion. Uh, so I am with you on the under. Um, I think Buff. I think Buffalo could win only, but I think Buffalo will win the game. But three and a half, you said? Three, three, yeah, three even. Three even. Fuck! I can't even go with Baltimore plus three then, because like that would just be a push if they win by a field goal. If the Bills win by a field goal, fuck me. 
Um, I am. Fuck. I, I wanted to go. If it, I, I thought I heard you say three and a half. If they said three and a half, like that would have been perfect for me. Bills win by a field goal. Betting purposes, I can save three and a half. Fuck the ratings, win by half a point. Cash out, you cash out and run as cash out and take the money and run. So you um, think Buff minus three here? Going, uh, yes, I want. I was gonna say Ravens straight up, but I can't see them winning this game. All right, so buff minus three, and then are you going the under as well? I'm going the under as well, just because I said I can't see Baltimore. I can't see Baltimore's defense completely capitulating, but then again, they also gave up 28, 20, they also gave up 26 points to the New England Patriots too. So, like, if they do that and the weather will play a factor. No, I'm taking. That's, that's the reason I'm taking the under. Because if it wasn't for the weather, if it was a perfect game, I would take the over. If it was a perfect weather game, yes, I'm hammering the over. No, I'm taking the under. All right, so we're both trying the same thing again on this bet. We're we're all we're all we're all in this week together. Let's go to MetLife. Honestly, I just want to know what the is. That way, I can end like what the spread is. I'm actually intrigued by this. (laughs) All right, and then the last matchup we'll go to. I want to go to the I Denver want... Vegas game. Go to Vegas, go to Denver and Vegas. But before you do that, I actually go to MetLife. I actually want to see what the over under is and what the spread is in the Giants game. I'll give you my predictions there. That'll be like a that'll be like an extra one for myself. All right. So I, I'm pretty sure you guys are actually favorited. Yeah, probably because yeah, you home. guys are favorited by touchdown is minus three. The over under is thirty nine and a half. So we're favored by a field goal because of home field advantage and the under is 39 and a half. Great. Yep. Um, I'm hammering the under in this one and the Giants are going to win straight up. It's I a, agree. I agree with that. It's a bounce back game. Fuck. Both offenses are incompetent right now. Justin is playing playground offense and the offensive line for the New York Giants is terrible, and he ha- and the wide re- and they are also without Sterling Shepard here. So it's going to be run, 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 run. Um, I probably will watch this game as much as I can before I decide to start drinking on what on a Sunday afternoon. So take the take the under, but take the Giants straight up. Don't even involve the spread. All right, I, I like that. I like that. Um, so now we're going to the rate. We're going to follow the Broncos going to Las Vegas. Oh God! Um, the zero and three Raiders are actually favoring this game by two and a half points. That's um, home that's field. just home field advantage right there. Um, I think Vegas wins their first game of the season. Um, straight up is well, I, I would. What's the over under? Over under is forty five and a half. <laughs> Mortal lock. Which is, which is a lot. Of Mortal lock. This is like my my lock of the week. Take the under. I'm probably going to get – it's going to come back and bite me in the ass, but take the under. And I'm taking Vegas. What's the – I'm taking Vegas minus – I'm taking Vegas minus three. Uh, uh, it's minus two and a half, but yeah. Minus two and a half. I'm taking Vegas minus two and a half and hammer the under. That's my lock of the week. That's my lock of the week there. All right. I'm, I'm riding with you as well. Um. I like. I think Vegas finally shows up. Wins their first game of the season. We talked about this earlier. The Broncos have been finding a way to win games. 
I think the Raiders are going to be looking for a bounce back game here. They need their first run of the season. Who better to do it than a divisional opponent? Um, kind of get yourself back in that AFC West title race. Not exactly. title race, but into a wild card spot. Exactly. Get off on the right foot here. Take advantage of this Broncos team who isn't very good. Yep. I like Vegas minus two and a half here. I like the under in this game. I don't – this Broncos offense cannot put up points. Vegas can put up points, but I don't think they'll be able to put up 40 to cover for Broncos possibly seven. So I'm taking the under here as well. No, yeah, no. I'm not I'm not taking the over in that game. Not at all. It, the Raiders will probably score like 27 points, and Denver will probably find a way to score like 15. Actually, fuck, that would be the – what's the over-under again? 45 and a half. Oh, so just getting, uh, just getting the, un- just getting under the over under because twenty seven and fifteen is forty two. But still, like, and even if it's that, and even if it's that close to the over under, like that would be a miracle. I, they, the Raiders' offense will get, will contribute what they can. The Broncos' offense, well, like you said, they have to figure it out. They, they have to figure it out with their coach and their offensive coordinator and everything. So, like, it's just a matter of like how, how and when they get that done there. Um, all right. So I guess we will ride together or we die together this week, except for one game. Except for one game, just one separate pick. We picked the same teams, just went over under different, but yeah, I like, I I'm confident this week. We got to bounce back from our two and four start. Um, we can't be worse than that. No, we can't be worse than that. It's almost as it's almost like my fantasy league here. Uh, you, it's almost like my fantasy league here. Like we're one and two, like, you know, no moral victories. You can't have a moral victory. I had a moral victory last week in my fantasy league because I scored more points than the, uh, lowly bye week in my fantasy league. And that's actually, that's actually not a bye week. That's actually like one of my, uh, somebody's team name because their team is bad, like legitimately bad. Their own three, they're dead last in the league. They're already saying that it's time to fold on the season, so you might as well just get it done, honestly, and tank. Um, what I was going to say there, too, is uh, the, <laughs> my bi- the, the team known as the bye week is going up against uh, un- like, uh, my old ro- like one, my old, one of my old roommates from Fisher uh, in our fantasy league this week. And they both have, like, they both have cats. So I, said, lo- so I said in our chat this week, winner takes the loser's cat. I don't think they're buying that bet, though. No, I don't think they take that bet either. That's that's, <laughs> that's a terrible that's a terrible bet. Hey, I mean, like Brad still hasn't done his punishment yet, and I don't know like what's stopping him from doing it. So take him I, out of the league. <laughs> I think his zero three start is karma for him not doing his punishment. That could just be me, though. You could be right. Also. Yeah. Also, I'm fav- also I'm favored to win my fantasy matchup this week, which I find hard to believe. But we'll see what happens. I hope I win. That would be great. I have no hope in me winning. You're also out of your survivor pool. Yep. Yes, I am. Should have just taken. Should should have taken the Colts. I knew. I knew I shouldn't have taken the Chiefs, and I did like an idiot, and it yeah. bit me in the ass. That's all good. You get bit in the ass once in a while. Everybody does. As, you know, honestly, like as much as I talked about earlier, like all this football was bad over the week, over the weekend, like on set, on Sunday and Monday, it wasn't even the worst game like I experienced. The, the worst game I experienced over the weekend was a Division three college football game five minutes away, five minutes down the road from where I live. Yeah, I sure. 
Fisher. Yeah. I think, I think I told you like, I told you like how it was my alumni weekend last weekend. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I wasn't going to go, but very, very last minute I got asked by, I got asked by a friend of mine, are you going, are you going to be at Fisher for alumni weekend? And it came as a surprise to me because like the no, like I was just like, Oh wait, you're going to be on campus. And like, yeah, we're already here. And I'm like, Oh shit. So like me and a friend of mine that like my friend from Q's, like they came out here that Saturday, we decided to go just as like, we were going to go walk around campus and see what was going on probably for like about 20 minutes or anything. But when we got at, like, when I got asked that, I'm like, all right, might as well go at this point here. Um, I've got nothing to do anyways because I wasn't interested in any of the college football games. But it was me, my my one friend from Cuse, who was my old roommate my senior year, my a couple my my old roommate from like when I was a freshman to when I was a junior, my one of my friends that lives on Buffalo, his his now fiance who is another friend of mine, and then a couple of and then like. Like, like it was like the group, this group, the group of us, like one of my, like one person I knew, like they flew up from Baltimore, like was in our friend group, like at Fisher and then somebody, and then another one came out from Albany. So like, again, I was asked at the very last minute and like, I'd like, oh shit, these guys are here. Holy fuck. I mean, I had a good time because I saw people like that I hadn't seen in some time, like, because like, just like not be like we're not on campus anymore we're not seeing everybody all the time but the football game itself was terrible three nothing was the final score <laughs> a field goal was kicked in the first quarter and no scored <laughs> after that oh that is horrible so I, as so like when i was watching the broncos niners game the other night that sunday night i'm like all right this is terrible this is almost as bad as fisher vrpi That's like that. You basically should have watched a soccer game. Three nothing soccer game would have been very more exciting than a three nothing football game. Unless it was the United States men's national team or England, but yes, our World Cup hopes are fucked. We are not getting out of the group. But yes, no, England's not getting out of the group either. It's Iran's group to lose. I told you, <laughs> Iran and Wales. Yeah, Iran and Wales. It's the group of no hope. Yeah, right. We haven't had a shot on target in 108. We didn't have a shot on target in all in both matches. England managed to at least come back and draw Germany in a meaningless Nations League game because they got relegated to League B in the Nations League. God damn it, Pete Alonso. They strike out. About to. Oh, all right. Good. All right. Come. Well, all right. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, 3 nothing Fisher. That was bad. That was bad. That is bad. That was pathetic. <laughs> that uh, and what sucked is because I was driving. I I didn't have a. I didn't. Drink, I chose not to drink because I was driving. So I had to experience that sober. Oh, that makes it even worse. <laughs> it does make it even worse. I came back. That's another reason why I came back. I'm like, fuck this. I don't want to deal with anything after that shit show. <laughs> I just wanted to relax after that. But um, uh, yeah, no, I am not fucking seeing a Fisher football ever again in my lifetime. Uh, I One of my friends told me that they are going to like the Courage Bowl, which is between Fisher and Brockport. It's uh, it's it's a game like so it's the football game like but for like the it's an actual football game. But like all the ticket sales and proceeds of everything go to Camp Good Days, 
delay, but Fisher has not won a Courage Bowl since my freshman year. It has been six years since Fisher won Courage Bowl. Jeez. Yeah, Fisher football is done for. Also, they- did you see the guy um, uh, Blue Jays fan had his hand on Aaron Judge's ball and he dropped it? I did see that. You, you didn't hear me making that comment. He's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, no. Poor Blue oh, Jays. no, I didn't. I'm sorry. <laughs> poor Blue Jays fan. That guy would have had a like that guy would that guy would have that guy would have just made that that page for the rest of his life. Pretty much, honestly. Nope. Instead it goes into the Blue Jays bullpen and now the Yankees have to be like, how the fuck do we get that ball back? <laughs> yeah, they, they they probably already have it back though. Toronto already threw it out. Like we have no idea. <laughs> they 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 threw they <laughs> they threw it out of the stadium. Next thing you know, next thing you know it's over Niagara Falls. <laughs> it's in the fucking rapids. <laughs> Pops up in Lewiston. Oh, a baseball. <laughs> oh, God. It's only the bottom of the seventh. Holy fuck. Long game. Long game. <laughs> There's a fucking long game. They keep talking about Judge. I thought the game was almost over. Holy shit. Um, I have nothing else, though. I'm all set. Although I do want to say I'm looking forward to the outcome of the Bills and Ravens game just because I know I will go on Facebook Monday morning just to see like what terrible takes some people I have no I know have. I have to buy NFL Plus so I can listen to it. That's a joke. We get to watch the, the Jacksonville game. Get ter- to watch Jacksonville Philly. You can just couldn't you just download the Odyssey app and like listen to WGR? Um, nope, because the NFL blocks it on those stations. So as soon as one o'clock hits, WGR and Odyssey um goes to a betting betting talk show. That, oh, that is terrible. That is honestly terrible. Um, even tune in the NFL does it there too. Yep, oh, that is fucking terrible. They do it everywhere. No, that is terrible. I know. I know. I'm with the Premier League coming back this weekend. I'm going to be in Vermont, and with the Manchester Derby at nine in the morning on Sunday, I'm coming. We're coming back. Like so we're coming back Sunday. So like me and my dad are trying to figure out how to listen to it on the radio. Um, I think Sirius XM, like Sirius XM FC radio, may have the game because I know sometimes they like do radio broadcasts of random games. So hopefully that works for us. If not. If not, what sucks is I'm gonna have to hope like service isn't terrible, like in like in Vermont and Eastern New York, so I can just like have the game on Peacock on my phone. That yeah. Um. Hmm. No, I I've got nothing. This is like where this is the end here. I think. Yeah. No, I was, I was gonna make a comment to that, but I just don't know what to say. Nah, it's all good. Though. I, yeah, I don't. Like I said, it sucks working on Sundays as well, so I can't even like watch football that much. Yeah, no, yeah, no, that NFL Plus. Yeah, good luck with that. That is that is terrible. You're you're gonna have to pay like nine. You you do realize like you're stuck in for like a nine ninety nine a month like thing now. I yep. Just to like listen to it on the radio. That is ridiculous. I mean, I, if I was at home, like I would pull it up on an illegal streaming site on my like computer and watch it, or like go to like a restaurant or something to watch it, but I don't feel like doing that on my phone while I'm trying to work. No, no, that's that's fair enough there. Just like get get the get the shitty NFL plus and get it all hooked up there and you're good to go. Um uh, but no that I, I like I said I've got nothing. I've got nothing else. 
Fuck. I am shit. We've been at this about two hours here, but we've got everything in next week. Uh, this week, I mean, next week we'll recap week four, look ahead to week five. Um, hopefully the Giants win. I mean, hopefully your Bills win. Um, well, hopefully Aaron Judge would have had 62 by by that by next week then. Uh, they got a three-game homestand against the – they got a homestand against the Orioles coming up, last homestand of the season. So hopefully he does it then. And then I don't have to give a shit about the Ranger, the Texas series, the Rangers series down in Texas. Um, but no, I mean, other than that, I, like I said, that concludes this episode of the podcast. Uh, we'll probably have some more baseball talk as we go ahead into the postseason. Uh, probably just talk some shit about hockey as well here. Um, and then just see what else, see where else it takes us. But until next week, just keep on keeping on. Uh-huh.